Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode number 36 of Tackle and Tacos, a fishing podcast. We are, I feel like I say this every week, um, but very much so this week. We are excited for this podcast, for this video podcast, and a quick little announcement that's not in our notes and I don't have written oh, down. Huh. Quick little, beep, 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 this just in. Breaking um, news. Yeah, I was trying to, I don't I sounded like I was making like a beat, but I was trying to do like Morse it code. Was cool. Should it was, I have dropped a beat while you were doing that? That was weird. Don't, don't say that box. again. Yeah, don't say that again. <laughs> um, but uh, this just in, we uh, threw some, um, what do you say? Uh, just talking to other people who are, who are doing the same thing we're doing, video and audio podcasts. We will be dropping all of our podcasts on Taco Tuesdays at 5 a.m. So both like the MP3, which is just like Apple, um, Spotify, Amazon, all those different podcast platforms, and YouTube. For the longest time, I thought that we would drop them separately because you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. Like some people are going to watch it. Now they're not going to listen and vice versa. But they're really pretty separate crowds, I think, is sort yeah. of the, the uh, um, conclusion we've come to. And so every week, like like this one, they'll come out at 5 a.m. on Taco Tuesday. So um, this will be uh, December 19th that we'll drop this bad boy. But we're really excited for our guests. We're really excited for this podcast. And we're really excited because Lola is here for the first time in a, in a few weeks. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back. Well, thank Welcome you. Back. Thank Welcome. you so much. Welcome. Well, wait, is this the cheered one? Hold on. I don't know. It's going to be crickets. Oh, nice. I got it. 
Yeah, the sound effect guy. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, COVID just took over our lives. So that was stupid. It It was was just, it was really awful. I hated missing the episodes. I hated feeling like garbage. Yeah. So Gus got it first. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I mean, of course I'm going to get it. He was like sleeping. He was sleeping on me. And yep, sure as shoot. I tested and I had it. And then Jordan was like, nope, I'm good. I was doing good, man. I was rolling at first. I wasn't getting it. I wasn't feeling sick. And then um, she, I was at work. Uh, and on a Monday, she's at home, dead as a doorknob. And yeah. Gus, like Gus came out of it really quickly. Like a day and a half. He had a fever for two days, was feeling kind of yucky down yeah. and out. And then he was okay. Um, Which sorry, is great that, he, no, I mean, it's great that he was feeling better. Yeah. But like, just consider like if you have a parent who's feeling completely under the weather and a baby who was and then now is scooping up out of it, that's not a great combination, yeah. you know. And because so, you can't, and he's not even two yet. And yeah. so like. You just want to lay around and there's only there's only so many like shows you can watch <laughs> oh, and many. oh many. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just it got it really rough. difficult. And, so, and I was like achy and chills and yeah. it was just really terrible. And this was so hard for me. But I text Jordan and I was right. like, honey, I need you to come home. From I, work. From work. And I felt like such a loser. But I couldn't, like, I, no, I, I mean, could not yeah, take so then care I come of home myself or to Gus. take care of Lola, to take care of Gus, just to be like healthy guy. And yeah. then I wake up Tuesday, like, Ugh, no, it was the middle of the night. Just, he was like, <laughs> oh yeah. Middle of the like, night. No! I was like shivering. And yeah. So if you listened to watched last week's episode with the big bass podcast, um, shout out to shout out. You haven't made that noise. Shout out, shout out to Ken and Terry from Big Bass Podcast. Um, that was like an awesome two and a half hour long podcast conversation. I was and you could probably like sorry guys track my vocals going from like, hey everybody, welcome to Tackling Tacos to the end being like, All right, well, positivity is worth the effort. (laughs) Like, I mean, I was I was scooping down pretty bad during that entire recording, and I'm drinking water every five seconds. I got off like just so unbelievably unprofessional, got off of camera like three times, like off the mic, like muted the soundboard to go up and like go to the bathroom to like blow my nose to get cough drops and to get more water. I think I went through like five cups of water. Um, and that was life at the cabin for the last week, but we're finally, yes, that was long, but here we are. I'm Hello. happy to <laughs> announce it's weird. I think really, because like when it first all dropped like a bunch of years ago, like it was, it was as if COVID was going to kill everyone. And then it was like 30 days to slow the spread. And then that didn't happen. And now it's just sort of a part of our, I have friends that don't even test anymore. Yeah, like they're like, like part of well, kind of we just culture. treat it like a cold. Yeah, and it's we like a don't really go around cold. people. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that was it. And now we're coming out of it. We're doing. So I'm better. still a little throat cleary. I'm very sorry. And like, shout out to our guest who we have coming on in a second. He must be important because myself and Lola are coming to you from Wisconsin, and then Nate is in Iowa. But all three of us are diehard Packers fans, and so we're choosing we're choosing this human Man. over the Green Bay Packers right now, which is <laughs> which is pretty big. So I hope he feels <laughs> loved, even though he's not a Packers fan. Um, his team scored three points yesterday. Yesterday, which is not super impressive, but um, but that's all right. But they won. They won. That's a W good. is a they, W, I guess. They so. made they made history, though, right? So that's you know it's got to count for something. How did they make? What did they do? Well, I, I think it was the first time they had ever gone into the fourth quarter, or maybe second time they've ever gone into the fourth quarter scoreless. 
and the scoreless against never, scoreless or something. And yeah, yeah, the Raiders yeah, had never was, done it. Yeah, so it was pretty. It was pretty funny. It was rough, dude. It was, and I mean, you can't really super talk bad about the Vikings because they're on their like nineteenth string quarterback, mm-hmm. and so were the Raiders, and like it was just, it was just a mess. Um, and I'm glad I mean, everyone's getting a chance to play. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> All right, Nate, hit us with that uh, social and stuff. Let's keep her moving. Let's keep her moving. Yeah, Tackling Tacos on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and YouTube, where you can find uh, find this podcast and uh, some of our last few that we've done in a row, which is is, yeah. is pretty fun to be able to uh, record, you know, have them on on Spotify and and you know all the other uh, podcasting platforms, as well as you know having them on YouTube. I I really like that. I'm a I'm a YouTuber. Yeah, you're a vision podcast. Yes, yes. Even yeah. even if even if it's at points where I'm just listening to it, you know, solely listening to it, I yeah. still go to YouTube for whatever reason. No idea, but uh, you know, I, I, I like that for I, I like that for us, and I'm glad I'm glad we're uh, you know we're been able to do that here the last few podcasts. So um, yeah, stoked for there sure. Yeah, so like it's weird right now uh, in podcast land as this drops December 19th. It has not been snowy. It's not been super cold here in Wisconsin, but like Lola and I live right on a lake in Strom, Wisconsin, uh, and uh, it's frozen enough, but there's like open water sections. And my struggle lately has been I'm not a huge ice fisherman. I'll do it. I like it. It's cool. I love it. Lola really likes it, which is interesting because she hates being cold. Um, but I have been flirting <laughs> so bad. Um, the lake is fed by this little kind of, I would call it like a big creek, small river. They call it the beef river. It's called beef river. The beef river. <laughs> um, but like where that comes in, it's wide open, like wide open, wide open. And where I like to launch my boat is in this little campground that connects to the beef. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've been flirting so bad with like just backing up the boat and just breaking through the ice. But I know that when I do, I'm going to hit a thick patch and it's going to come straight through the hull, like He's straight like, through the fiberglass. launch again and it's still, I don't know, there's still ice. I I've don't walked know. out on it like a couple of feet a and felt times. it like break in. And I'm like, oh, I could totally break through this with my boat and then just go out oh, there yeah. and just throw jerk baits until my arms hurt, you know, and like I know they'll be in there. And if you head upriver, like it's completely wide open on the beef. Uh, the beef river is wide open, but I don't know. It's been uh, it's been a real debacle. It's been yeah, a weird people like, out on the ice when it's like melty. Yeah. And, sorry, that freaks me out. Early ice is like a good time to is catch it? fish through oh, the ice, okay. but it's also a good time to catch a coffin. You know, like yeah. just to roll through and uh-huh. be done. Yeah. Like last yeah. week, okay, so last week we're at, we already talked about this. I can't remember. What? Anyway, last week where we live, um, there's dudes out on the ice, and where they were was like 10, 11, 12 feet deep, and it's right near a spillway. And I'm like, dude, that's not thick. And if you go uh-uh. through, like you're like, Bye. call it, dude. Like it's over. It ain't worth it, man. Like crappies yeah. are tasty, but they're not worth it. I mean. Yeah, maybe it is worth it. Yeah. I got a couple. I, I got a couple buddies that are, you know, they run up and down like the prairie, you know, river section all the time, and they say like right at that 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 dam where they see like guys standing on the ice fishing yeah. the open water all the time. That's no crazy. way. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the homie Steve Jonasy, the musky stud, I uh, I posted something on social about, like, do you fish when it's cold out still and whatever? And he was like, yeah, man, until the baits bounce, like, until you cast and they bounce <laughs> off the ice. And it showed his musky boat, like, just covered in, like, a half foot of snow. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so, yeah, this is our last podcast before Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Ah! It's exciting, but I it's, like, scary. Christmas. As a parent. 
with 55 children. Honestly. It's like hard. And like, like <laughs> saying like, like Christmas just makes my wallet hurt. I literally made a spreadsheet oh, yeah. so yeah. I could keep track like of the gifts for our kids, their stocking gifts. Hopefully they're not listening because yeah. Um, and um, they do a secret Santa between the six siblings and it just... I'm like, wait, I was trying to simplify and now I'm just doing, <laughs> I'm just throwing money. But like the joy. Yeah. Well, oh. plus it's like we're fooling ourselves, dude, because I work at Shields. Mm -hmm. And so everything's like cheaper. That's like if you got like some low calorie Oreos, you know what I'm saying? And so you're like, well, these are low calories. So I'll eat four times as many. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm getting a discount at Shields, so we might as well get a whole bunch more stuff. Yeah. Like, to add it's up to what we spent but, before. But the nice thing about Shields is it's such nice stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, we're just getting a good deal, and it's like junky stuff. Yeah. It's I don't know. I don't. Maybe that was dumb. I'm just, I have every COVID let's just, brain. <laughs> let's just spend <laughs> but it But anyway, up, our kids are going to have a nice Christmas. It'll be good. Yeah. What about you, Nate? You done? You done shopping? You ready? No, not done at all. Got to okay. keep uh, keep on the hustle. Okay. So are you part of the shopping thing? Does your wife do most of it? Do you help wrap? How does that go at your house? Uh, yeah, so she does the majority of the shopping. I probably yeah. lend, lend a hand a good, you know, twice. Uh, That's good. Maybe three like times ever? Trip, so. it's like no, no, no. Just like a trips per, per Christmas. Oh, you okay. Know? <laughs> <laughs> She'll probably take, you know, seven or eight trips, so, you know, yeah. buy a couple things here, a couple things there, whatever. Yeah. And I'll lend a hand uh, a couple of those trips with, you know, maybe nice. pushing a cart or carrying a bag. So, yeah. <laughs> what uh, do you, um, yeah. Does your wife listen I'm to this podcast? I can't imagine she does, right? No. She doesn't listen. No. Okay, cool. She what would you, yeah, do, you, do you get her something? Okay. Did you get uh, anything? Yeah. What'd you get? Yes. Her? Yes. Um, I actually, I bought her a bunch of stuff for her birthday. And, okay. I think I didn't get the stuff that she actually wanted. Oh, um, shoot. <laughs> so Christmas so, is like birthday redo. It's like a redo. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that one of the couple of the biggest things she wants is like, we just set up our, our bedroom down here in the basement. It's really oh, big yeah. and um, uh, you know, quite nice. And she wants like a, a vanity and a nice chair oh, and so uh, you know, a mirror. So I bought all that stuff and, and uh, you know, that'll be. Uh, Are you going to have it like to, set up? Oh, absolutely not. No, okay. I, will, I will. have I was to. like go smiling, the full thing, like dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the no. dreams. Go the distance. <laughs> but well, here's the thing: is like, what? When am I going to do that? Like, yeah. she's she doesn't fall asleep till like three in the morning. Oh, four and you do it at three fifteen. So I'm gonna have to, so I'm gonna have to wake up at five and try to. Yes. No, you just drug her the night before. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you just drug her and then you build the vanity. Is that how well, you I need her to wrap presents? Yeah, that's it. Nobody listened to that. That was not real advice. Gosh. Yeah. Get that out of here. And then does yeah, she wrap but, uh, the gifts or do you help with that? Yeah. He said he's a wrapping machine. Uh, right? Oh, I didn't hear that part. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm a wrapping machine. Uh, okay. I really thought you meant like wrapping. Yo, that's yo. Hard, not me. No. Oh, okay. The hands. Got the wrapper hands. <laughs> yeah. Of the, of no, the two yeah. black dudes on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, yeah, she really enjoys wrapping. So I kind of leave that to her. If she needs help, I'll, I'll yeah. help in. But. That's how she is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah she's yeah, good at I'm, I'm really good. My presence always looks super clean. Uh, yeah. I'm really like, meticulous <laughs> about my, my folds oh, and all that, awful. all that good junk. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm I love wrapping presents. I got to sit on the ground. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. I just sit on the ground for sure. Have to. Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. enjoy the whole, the whole bit. So 
Yeah. Well, real quick before we um, before we bring on our guest, um, Mr. Rich of Hellabass, which I'm so excited to talk to this dude. I've been seriously digging on his stuff for years now, years. I'm not even sure how I got turned on to uh, his podcast. It very well may have been one of those like listening to XYZ podcasts. And then it's like you may also like, which I don't usually pay attention to, but I actually think that may have been it. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, but we're excited to bring Rich in. But before we do, this is so huge, man. Um, this will actually, we're recording this before and it'll launch after um, our littlest girl, Lucy, is her birthday, uh, December 15th. And yeah. so, um, Lucy, happy birthday. We love you so much. I can't believe you're turning six. She keeps saying that. She's like, Dad, I'm going to be eight. Yeah, she's going to be, <laughs> she's gonna be six on uh, the 15th. And so we love you. Happy birthday, Lucy. Um, I love taking you fishing. I love taking you outside. I like being around you. You're super weird. And you're she's the so only sweet. one in our house that likes our dog. And so that's, that's pretty great. So happy birthday. <laughs> happy happy birthday, birthday, Lulu. Oh my gosh. All right. Heck yeah. That's that's awesome. But yeah, like you said, tonight we got uh we got Mr. Hellabass on the yeah. podcast. And uh yeah, we're we've you know we've been fans of his for a while. Uh yep. really stoked to have him. Um I think over I think it's just his just his YouTube alone, he's yeah. got over thirteen thousand followers, which is crazy. Wow. Is pretty yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, that's he does live streams, yeah, does live stream, you know, podcasts, post fishing videos. He, he does he does it all. He he really uh kind of hits, you know, hits all of the niches. Everything. He, he, yeah, every yeah, social and, media, and he, everything. Exactly. And he does yeah. it all really well, you know, whether yeah. it's Instagram or, you know, whatever he's, you know, putting, putting the shorts together that, that are going crazy nowadays. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're stoked to have him. He's, uh, you know, a tournament guy, you know, so he yeah. likes to fish tournaments. He, he does that whole bit, uh, just like we do. So, uh, you know, we've got, a I think we've got a lot to talk about. So we're, yeah. we're definitely stoked to, stoked to have him on, uh, have him on the show. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's bring him in, get him in here. Rich from Hellabad. Hey, hey! What's going there on, everybody? Hey, 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 hey. I don't know if I can live up to that intro. Thank you. Oh, man. You, you definitely can. No, yeah. you can. Well-deserved, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said, I don't know. I, I said this just a second ago in the intro, but I've been listening to your stuff for years, and I think the first time I listened to uh, one of your podcasts, I think I was almost like thrown off because it was just so raw. Um, it was you and it might have been um what's homeboy's name? Uh Teal Bass Galaxy. Is it Aaron? Aaron Teal, yeah. Because yeah, he does talking he still... about bass boats. Yeah, yeah. That, was, be, that about... was that was before he had his podcast come out. He was okay. He was working on it, and I think he may have had a couple like his first show with Sobe and stuff might have been recorded at the time. Okay. I don't think he had officially launched it at that point. Yeah, because you guys were talking bass boats, but you were like responding to all these questions that were coming through on like the live stream. And I remember like I had never really listened or watched yet. And I, I typed in a question and you guys like responded to it right away. And I was like, whoa, this is wild. You know, this is like very <laughs> authentic. Like there's no room here for like um pretentious or kind of fake and yeah. so yeah man we're really pumped to have you on so thank you for being here yeah that's cool yeah that is the one thing that i feel like maybe i do a little bit different is mm -hmm. really make the audience part of the show yeah the live I show like that. i really try yeah. now as it's gotten uh bigger and yeah. more people watch and more live it's hard to like get every question in sure but i do right. like there are a lot of live streams now 
that turn into podcasts and they, they do touch on a few viewer questions, but I really like to try to make it like, it's usually like, Oh, now at the end of the show, we'll answer. Here's a few questions where sure. I like to really make it like As almost like. the audience drives the show. I'll have a couple like, cool. of points or mm-hmm. talking points that we want to touch on. But like a lot of times the audience, the questions are asking, steers yep. the show. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the most recent um, podcast I was listening to it on my way home from work, it almost like forces you, <coughs> excuse me, it almost forces you to go to the video because they're responding to questions that we can't see if we're only listening. Sure. Like yeah, sometimes like, oh, I that's a good to, point, Tim. Sometimes I forget like, What's a good point? an MP3 audience and then yeah. I forget to like read the question. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Put it up for the guest to read. And yeah. So that's something we could probably improve on. <laughs> I meant that as a compliment. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Helps out for me because I'm I'm the guy on YouTube. Yeah, you're the one. You know, I watched the uh the beta unboxing with you and Bateman the other the other night. Sure. So oh, yeah. that was that was that was good. So you got some you, some gems in there. Do you go by Nate on YouTube or do you uh yeah 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 just nate conklin on youtube yep okay all right he's like i'm gonna look for you yeah <laughs> that was you popping a question like oh it's that right guy. yeah yeah that, yeah, that no, guy that guy yeah. exactly oh, yeah that mate. guy <laughs> <laughs> so you're traveling for work right now what do you do for work do we know this i don't as think it's possible um <laughs> okay no, I'm actually yeah, a, uh, a director for a supply chain and packaging consulting company. Okay. That sounds legit. Yeah, it sounds important. <laughs> Very important. Which a lot of people are surprised that I have a legitimate full-time job with all this content that I try to push out. And I mean, yeah. really, that's that. why gotta be so when you were like, oh, I'm going to be traveling for work, I was like, he does a lot. Like, yeah. this is a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. That's dude. crazy. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so for anyone that doesn't know, who are you? What's Hellabass? Tell us. Tell us more. Yeah, Hellabass is just, I don't know, it kind of stems from like, I guess I'm a little bit older, uh, but like back in the, I don't know, 2000s, you had to have like a username, yeah. <laughs> like, right, to be on like yeah. for, forums yeah. and message boards yeah. and right, like Bass Boat Central uh, and all that yeah. type of stuff. And and I played volleyball in college and uh, like Hellakill was like a term like that was thrown around. And so like <laughs> oh, somehow okay. that like write a kill and then like hella means like super great. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, so yeah. then like, uh, like when I started, like I've always been into fishing since I was like a kid, like my dad was in a bass club. And so like oh, I've been sweet. practicing with yeah. him in tournaments since I was like five and then started fishing in the adult club when I was 14. But anyway, so I've always been into it. But then like when I started participating in these, fishing type forums it was like well i'm gonna do hella bass that i don't know that's cool that's kind of short I like that. and uh and i kind of dabbled in some youtube stuff you know maybe 10 years ago back when okay. like it was would have been smart to go all in like man seriously when john b and Perrick and guys like that were going hard yeah. and like yeah you know it was maybe a little more wide open yeah i dabbled a little bit and then kind of went away from it and then maybe like four years ago i got back into it hard uh like in 2019. Yeah. So I've always had kind of the hell of ass kind of social handle user type stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that was the name of the channel. But four years ago, I just started to get like serious about it again. And then yeah. just shortly after that, like I got into it like spring. Uh, like I really went hard back into the fancy fishing. I'd always kind of done, I'd done some podcasts and some things with some other guys back in the day, a fancy yeah. fishing insider podcast and stuff. And yeah. They kind of got out of it. They weren't serious. And so I wanted to get back into that. And then I kind of decided to refocus on it when I had a, 
regional tournament that started in April in like 2019 out in Gunnersville and started recording that spring and trying to like, okay, this year I'm really going to like uh, do it. <clears throat> Can I call out interceptions that love throws live on the podcast? Oh, oh no. Okay. He's had some terrible throws. He's been that's off two, That's a fumble and a pick. Sorry. Oh, oh my gosh. Track. Come on. <laughs> Don't, come on. I mean, yes, you Killing can update us, us I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing they're playing the Giants who couldn't beat themselves, but um, yeah. yeah, we'll see I what happens. Know. Sorry. Anyway. Got distracted there. But I, I decided to go back hard into <laughs> that was it. mean. And, and then towards the end of 2019, that's obviously when uh, the first bout of COVID started. And that's when I started live streaming. Oh, and it's okay. kind of a twofold. One, I, I had hit the thousand subscribers on YouTube, but I hadn't hit the watch hours and I wanted to get monetization. Oh, sure. yep. So yep. Uh, live streams is a good way to get watch hours. Right. But I found myself, especially at that time, and I still do, but it was a great way to connect with people and have yeah, conversations definitely. about fishing. I like that. That we were missing at that time because of all the weird rules and restrictions. I, like, yeah. it was like, are Ugh. boat ramps open? Are we supposed to have weigh-ins? So like, there was all this yeah. weird stuff. But then I got to, like, hang out and talk to people. And that yeah. really filled a void that was missing for me at the time. Yeah. And I, I've enjoyed it. And and I back to that point of making it about the audience and the community, that's where it started. And so I've kept that true mm. until now. Oh, that's cool. And I've always fished tournaments through that whole time, but I really got serious about four years ago about intermixing the two into YouTube. Huh. What was wow. the uh, what was the regional event you were doing on Gunnersville? That was a Bass Nation Central Regional. Bass Nation. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I think like like Nate was saying, kind of your little intro spiel, um, you seem to do a lot. Like it seems like you have a lot of irons and a lot of fires, whether it's social media, even like your YouTube stuff, which we kind of have some questions specifically to that and mm-hmm. later. Um, but I feel like we could go fishing tournaments. You also seem a lot like um, us, like an absolute tackle nerd, like a tackle junkie. Like I'll listen to podcasts with you and like whether it's Bateman or whomever, and you'll you'll bang out like specific lures, like even some like kind of specific JDM-ish stuff in color codes and whatever. And I'm like, okay. It's like, this, oh, my heart. Yeah, yeah. Because like, <laughs> there's not too many people that you can really have those convos with. Like dudes will be like, oh, yeah, I really like Hellabass. Or Hellabass, I'm sorry. I really like Megabass jerkbaits. And you're like, oh, really? What color? And they're like, oh, you know, like that purplish one with like the bones on the side. And you're like, oh, come on, dude. Um, so I think we could go a lot of different directions with this. So I think what we'll do, though, just for the sake of keeping it sort yeah. of in order, we'll we'll talk tacos first because we because, love tacos. Yeah, tacos. I don't know that anybody doesn't like tacos. If they do, they can't be a friend of mine. Uh, and then we'll jump off into our brief little kind of sure. goofy. It's kind of stupid, but it's kind of fun. Our little um, we call it uh, one of your favorites. It's like a uh, rapid fire, but it's not like this or that. It's like one of your favorite this one of your favorite that one of your favorite blah 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 so taco questions let's go okay. sure all right so back to that point i was thinking about this like Uh-oh. if somebody got on the show and said like well, ah, yeah no i ah, take your ah, tacos are okay ah, they're never yeah. not my thing would you just be like done i'd be like and, and recording like, just, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't think i could trust somebody that didn't like a taco. right no like, like, dude yeah. What's, okay. Are you like a serial killer or what's, yeah. what's like what's wrong on? with like, you? Mm. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so we're all yeah, on board then. Like, um, yeah. we had, we had Jay Yellis on and he's just the friendliest dude. And I do this sort of stalkery thing sometimes uh, where I look up where somebody lives. And if it's sort of small townish, like we did this with Gussie, we did it with Jay Yellis and Pete Mayna. F- and Pete Mayna. We look yeah. up like, yeah. um, local, 
taco spots and then ask them if they've been there. And with Jay Yellis, I didn't really know because he's got such a different vibe than most of the people we have on this show. Uh, and I was like, have you heard of Super Oscars Mexican food? He's like, oh, yeah, man, they got the best soft tacos and blah, blah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, even Jay Yellis is a taco fan. He did call cilantro parsley, but like, I'm going to give him a pass because he's he's Jay Yellis. And like, yeah. he, he's allowed to get away with that. You know, that, that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was, was a legit exemption to make that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was the yeah that was Jordan exactly. Lee, but in a far less important way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so speaking of uh, of local spots, do you have a, a local favorite spot? You know where you where you live up uh, up yonder? Hmm. Yeah, the the probably the Mexican place we go to, which they have tacos, but we kind of dabble in because there's a restaurant that's kind of a small local chain, family chain in in the city. Hmm. It's called Teresa's. Okay. Uh, it was like one of the only restaurants when I moved into the town of Lakeville, like 20 years ago. That was like okay, and and it's it stood the test of time. So I do get tacos there, but like I also get like all the other, you know, uh, yeah, arroz con pollo and yeah, the uh, yeah. molcajete and like Listen all the other. To like, that. Big, yeah, that's a pretty uh, good accent too. Yeah, that dude. was good. I took some took some uh, eighth ninth great spanish yeah i can okay. tell it's paying I off dude. it's paying dividends <laughs> yeah uh, just for this podcast yeah, yeah that was really good so are you like a flower shell or a corn oh, a i one. said shell yeah we've been married a yeah. long time a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla or are you like a hard shell guy i prefer corn in general okay, okay. not that i don't like flour i just i feel like the corn is a touch healthier it, mm, it, it, yeah, it, it seems yeah. a little bit more um, real yeah. yeah, and yeah. I do like a crispy shell. Like it depends, right? Like if it's if I'm getting like my Taco Bell fix, yeah, going crispy. But that's <laughs> yeah. like a different kind of taco fix than totally. like, yeah, yeah. going for street tacos. But I would prefer, yeah. uh, and I think as long as you can get a quality corn tortilla, because I feel like like sometimes it's like dry and weird. Yeah, yeah. they're like these like, dry, rubbery corn tacos. That, yeah, they fall apart. Tortilla shells that I can't really get yeah. down with. But if you yeah. can get a good one, and I've I've identified like the ones at the local grocery store that are the good ones, and we buy them okay. in like fifty pack bags. Yes. Yeah, dude, yeah. Just have them on hand all the time. Yeah, and but double the other thing is like up. I see. But if you get the good ones, I don't even feel you like don't you have, have to, to like, double. double them up. That's good. Yeah, That's good. heat them up in the frying pan, yeah. warm them up a little bit. And I'm a big fan of like making all leftovers in the tacos or quesadillas. Oh, we do the same Absolutely. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that's the greatest thing about a taco. It's a it's a freaking edible food holder. Yeah, just stuff whatever in there. There's no rules. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, like if I don't know what to do with dinner, if there's something in the fridge with cheese and some protein and leftover, if I make it into a quesadilla or a taco, my kids yeah. need it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, dude. For my perfect. for our oldest daughter's birthday, I used to do this super hood thing back in the day where I would make macaroni and cheese quesadillas. But now he does them all fancy. Yeah, now I do them all fancy with like real cheese and like sour cream and whatever and like uh, and spicy ranch. ranch and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you could stick whatever in there, dude. It works. Yeah, so yeah. good. So you like to cook? Yeah. Or is it just cook leftovers? No, I I, I definitely pull my weight in the kitchen at home. Whether it's yeah. okay. In the kitchen or out on the the pellet grill or the big green egg go. or whatever, I like, yeah. like to to dabble. Dope, dude. Heck yeah, yeah, I like that. So yeah. you're a Minnesota guy. Do yeah. you make like perch or walleye tacos? So the best tacos are pike tacos. Okay, oh. that was out of left nice. field. So wow. nice. I will you give eat credit, pike, right? Yeah. yeah, give credit to my father in law. Okay, okay. So when I was dating my wife Laura. 
you know, you try to like be in good graces, right? And like <laughs> he was always like so like they would bring back fish from like the cabin and the first time they ever fried fish, it was like northern pike. And I was like, huh. I don't know, because like you grow up with that stereotype. Yeah. For a lot of people that like northern pike are like yeah. I mean, they're a good sport fish, but they're not table fair and they're a nuisance yeah, and, the and they're slimy and, and, and they're yeah. gross and the bones and all that yeah. stuff. But I ended up eating. And I was like, this is pretty good. Like <laughs> I like instantly converted like this is good. Yeah. I honestly think that Northern Pike when caught out of clean, cool, deep water. Yeah. is better than walleye. Walleye is, is it's good, but walleye doesn't have a lot of flavor. Walleye the flavor, tastes like yeah. what you season it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, has yeah. a unique flavor. Hmm. It is obviously like if I'm on, you know, the Mississippi River, Prairie to Sheen, and the August catching out of duckweed in a foot of water, I ain't eating that pike. Right, on, on a right. But like, yeah. but like, right, yeah. like out of cool, clean spring, fall water. Yeah, I'll take that pike. And we need to start the movement, and it's eat a pike, save a jackhammer. I'm oh probably gonna gosh. make a t-shirt. What? At some point. <laughs> okay, so we one of our one of our sponsors is a company called Giltech. They make uh okay. some absolutely filthy swim jigs. Like like we were using these sure. things way before we got like sponsored by them. And we designed a t-shirt. I don't think it's gotten made yet, but we designed a shirt that said like eat a pike, save a swim jig uh yeah. forever ago because it was the exact same concept. I remember I'll Nate is the first dude that got me onto swim jigs. And I think at the time he was really, really into um, dirty, uh, dirty yeah, tackle, dirty yeah. swim jigs, whatever. And I remember one time we were pre-fishing for a derby and he had to lose. I'm talking about five, six in the pre-fishing wow. period alone, oh just getting bit off by pikes like left and right. And so that was always like something sort of in the back of our mind. So yeah, dude, I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you. Let me hit you with this follow-up, Rich. Are you a fillet out like the whole side of the pike and then like get the Y bone out? Or do you do that, that one weird like spine cut where you get that strip off the top of the back or how do you do it? Yeah. Depends on what the latest YouTube video I watched. Okay. Was, yeah. Right. Yeah. The yeah. you know that's the nice thing about a pike is like you don't have to be perfect you're still gonna get a good you chunk don't. of meat out of it so yeah, like you can get quite taking a good that point. like yeah, top point. back piece off and you cut that into strips it makes a yep. really good tacos. Hey, we got to get on the lake. Yes, dude. we do. Every every episode we have of this stupid podcast. Oh my god! Sorry, it's not stupid. <laughs> I was just end up so hungry afterwards, dude. I don't yeah. think I've ever had pike in a taco, and I agree with you. I've I've said that for a long time that pike are slept on. Um, either because of the slime or they do kind of smell not as bad as muskies, but they smell. And then like, yeah, the yeah. Y bones are a real pain in the patooter unless you know what you're doing. Cause you don't want to be like eating like a, a quail and spitting out bird shot while you're trying to chew oh. through it. You know, like getting the bones stuck in your teeth and junk, but that's not a really gross. I'm not so hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, my last outing last year, my boat's been down this fall, which is a whole other subject, but like November 12th, it went from like 70 degrees at like noon to like 30 degrees at five o'clock. But I went out and I caught, quite a few pike and i had like okay. one of them like took it super deep yeah and like it was in his gills like he wasn't gonna make it so i threw him in the lago and then i like boxed two more and like had corn tortillas i like flayed it and like Heck just yeah. so i just like blackened it with like some cajun seasoning mm. uh and like garlic salt pepper lime and then it was like really simple like maybe just a couple strips of avocado a little bit of fresh cilantro dang some lime juice. You're making it sound like, like oh, it was just like this, small, just this. Yeah, but it's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then like toasted corn tortillas, and they were just like, mm. yeah, like, that yeah, yeah. And the, so and the season. 
Yeah. yeah. And they're getting, like, those three pike were not getting my jackhammers or jigs or anything next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a jackhammer than a jig for sure. You're talking 17 bucks versus like five, but either way is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so do your up? part, people. Eat a pike. Do your part. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, another another quick pike thing. When you get like a bigger pike, like a 28, let's say, or something, or like a like a hefty one, to me, and Gussie said this too about about eating walleye. When you get bigger walleye, when they get kind of shoulders on them, those fillets get really thick. And when you fry them, they're not bad, but they do get a little firmer. You know, and like pike when they're thick and you fry them just right, they stay real flaky. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but yeah, you're right. The meat is different. It might it might arguably be better. Like if there was no Y bones, man. Our homie, uh, our homie Jeff used to always say that if bluegills reached 15 pounds, nobody would fish for bass because they they do like that huge big death circle thing when they're coming up and they fight super hard and whatever. Like if pike didn't have Y bones, you know, walleye might just be forgotten about. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Nate. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to ask, uh, what, uh, like, what's your idea or concept on like authentic? Is that something that's kind of overrated, or do you, oh, you yeah. know, kind of believe in the whole like <laughs> yeah. the the whole authentic Mexican taco deal? Or yeah, I mean, I can appreciate it, but I'm not like hung up on it. Like I said, yeah. like uh, I'll probably eat Taco Bell once a week, and they're not a boy. I think about Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is funny too when people comment on authentic. I'm like, come on. Like, number one, who cares if it tastes good? And number two is like, who are you to comment whether or not it's authentic? Yeah. Like, did you grow up in Jalisco? Like, do you know yeah. what authentic Mexican food is? Yeah. Also, I wish that Taco Bell and Taco John's were combined. Do we all agree that Olay's, Olay's with, Taco, with Bell Taco Bell would be, be just yeah. 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 Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty solid. Yeah, that would the Taco Bell app is really where it's at. Like, okay. It's, their app is like next level. Dang, I don't have it. I'm going to download why? it. And get Wait, why is it so great? Yeah, what's so good about it? You're literally getting like free points. Like I'm getting like free tacos like a couple times a week. Oh, and they snap. have all these deals in there. And then what? you can like customize your tacos. Like if you want to add onions wow. or like subtract or add things, it's all like just. Wow. Then they have constantly have like the five dollar box in there, which is a really good value. Man, you guys heard it here first. Like if, if you don't not. like the if you don't like those stupid little cinnamon twists, you can sub. Oh yeah, cheese for like fifteen cents. Wow. Oh my. Yeah, I would definitely. Gosh. Who's not Who's not making that sub? Get dude? the app right now. Yeah, download that thing for sure. Use code Hellabet Nuns. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's like. That's what it is. Yeah, he's he's just pumping in his like title sponsor there real quick. I wish but. that that would be an ideal sponsor. That, that would be a crazy be, sponsor, yeah. yeah. For sure, get a get a Taco Bell wrap, like like you like outside your, of your boat, boat looks like a Doritos Locos taco, <laughs> like the texture and junk. I'd do it, dude. Shoot, I will yeah, say, like we we have plenty of Taco Bells in the Minneapolis area, yeah. But driving from Columbus to Dayton to where I am in Ohio, yeah, there's almost a Taco Bell at every exit here. Like the really? density is unreal up here wow. for Taco okay. Bells. Yeah, they I mean that. Yeah, that's like uh, that's how it was too when I lived in Texas. Like going from um, like Austin or whatever, like south heading towards Houston, and it sounds like it's a joke, but it's kind of not. But there was more like Zaxby's and Chick Fil A and Taco Bell like every single exit. And I'm like, that's why Houston is like the third fattest city in America. Oh like gosh. there's just like super heavy food everywhere you yeah. look, dude. Hey, uh, Rich. So one of our buddies, um, he has this weird thing where he won't eat tacos before for or like during a derby because he's afraid of what it might do to him on the water is that stupid i feel like that's stupid 
You um, take anti-tireal. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> so I'll go for it though. I'll go for the tacos though. Like he's not even he's not even like proactively fighting back he, against yeah, it. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be stupid for no, you because yeah. you're so two things. Stuff. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I won't necessarily avoid tacos before a tournament, but I will yeah. avoid super spicy. Okay. Like I'll tame them down. I definitely don't want to go like heavy jalapenos, heavy like red yeah. spicy stuff because that definitely valid. can derail a tournament that. day. <laughs> yeah. I did have yeah. uh, a buddy who would take Imodium before tournaments. Just yeah, to yeah that's what I do. Yeah, that's, so what he he yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. that's healthy, Jordan. No, it's probably he used not. To take but it like too much. No, but like it may not be healthy. But like, dude, I've had like, are we talking about? We're talking it's about happening. I've had issues like out kids. on the water, like either during a tournament, pre-fishing a tournament, whatever. And like, that's not a super fun deal, especially like where we live near Eau Claire, Wisconsin. A few of the derbies, like the lakes we have them on, are like multi-purpose lakes. Like they're not just fishing lakes. And there's three thousand like people. Yes, that's the lake I'm thinking of you right know, now that fishing, I absolutely had to use the restroom tubing. in. <laughs> so like, yeah, there's people like like jet skiing and like tubing like, and whatever, me. like wakeboarding. There's a house on every square inch of shoreline. And here I am, like I'm just going like poop off the side of the boat. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I don't care. I know it's probably not healthy and I'm not like addicted to it. I don't take it for fun. No, you yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's our, our fun side. So you like combo, spicy, but not before derby. Okay. I, I I don't I like spicy. Spicy doesn't like me as much as I've gotten a little older. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That does make. Sense. I don't handle it as well. I mean, I like it. Yeah, but it doesn't like me so much. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I follow what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm the same way. I love spicy. Yeah, yeah. My, I don't. I sweat. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um. What is the number one most essential taco topping for you? Dang. That's heavy. I know. That is. Came at you deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's pondering hard. I like it. Yeah, he's thinking. Yeah, it really depends on the style of taco. Like, yeah, you know, that's like, fair. Because, like, a truly like authentic street taco doesn't hardly have like almost like no trees, or just has like that little grated like I forget what it's called. Um, I don't know that I have one. Okay. Honestly, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to tacos. Well, is okay. there something that could ruin it? Oh, good flip. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Lola's hardcore into taco journalism. Let's go. <laughs> Here she comes with the heart. We'd have questions. to try something like yeah. weird that like maybe just, I don't know, there's probably some stuff that just doesn't belong on tacos, but I like, sure. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Would you try like, or do you like like a mango or as you white boys say, sorry, and Nate, um, mango, <laughs> Like, would you like a yeah. mango salsa I, I, or? I've had mango salsas that I can get down with, even like some yeah. peach salsas or pineapple yeah. salsas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I just don't know if you get down with that. I have been hesitant to try like the lingua or the cabase, like the, like yeah. those tacos. The that tongue like, taco. And those stuff. super authentic tacos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's a good different California level. like street car like taco. Yeah. I'm not quite there. I can't. I'm not sure my guts yeah. would like that. Who was that last yeah. week that said that that was Wasn't his favorite? It? La lingua. I think Terry? Terry, yeah, Terry's yeah, saying it's favorite. Tongue is his favorite. Yeah. Okay, so really quick story. I've never actually even shared it on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's a place in Moline, Illinois called uh, I think it's Caja Mexicana, uh, which obviously, you know, Mexican house, Casa? whatever. Uh, Casa 
is it Casa Day or Casa Mexica? And it's like a super authentic, like where they barely even speak English. Like even if you go to like order or whatever, it's a super dope spot. And my homie Brandon, who was really into tacos for a long time, he was like, hey, let me order you something off menu, which I was like a little hesitant about. But I was like, he's like, it's just a chalupa. It's just, it's just a chalupa. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dope. Anyway, it ended up being cow brain chalupa with basically just like a ridge of the cow brain. You could see the little like indents, like as if you were going to draw a brain, like a cartoon. It I would looked just like, like that. to say no thank you. And uh, it came out and it was like expensive. It was like off menu and it was like $15 or something. And so he was like, dude, you got to try it. You're going to like make them feel bad. Like the lady came out all like smiling, like, here you go. Whatever. Here's the brain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> dude, it was, it was dope. It was super oh. good. I, I took a bite, like real scared. And then I just, just went through the dang thing. I don't, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Could you do that? I think I could. I just don't know that I want to. Yeah, yeah, it's whether or not to desire. I felt kind of put on the spot because I didn't know what I was getting into, and then he—I didn't order it again. And she's like staring at you, like, "Yeah, this for you." Yeah, like like, I made this. I just slaughtered the cow just for this. Were you like, were you stone sober at the time? Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. Like looking at this, and like I, I told, I told my homie Brandon, I'm like, it'd be different if it didn't look so brainy. But yeah. it was very like I mean, just could you at least sprinkle some cheese and that's what I was, I was on top of that? It, like, it was like <laughs> it was like a, it was like that chalupa shell, like that kind of puffy, soft, fried shell, and then just that strip just of, brain. of brain, no <laughs> cheese, no salsa, no nothing, just that. Oh my gosh! And and the texture, was shredded weird lettuce. And, yeah, yeah. But whatever though, dude, it was it was really good. So I don't know. They call that they call that iceberg lettuce. Low. Iceberg lettuce yeah. is a little bit overrated on tacos. I would agree. I hate iceberg lettuce. I don't even like lettuce on tacos because I really like cilantro a lot. So Can I like, at least get like cilantro a little, at least maybe some romaine or something like. Yeah, if you're gonna yeah. do it, yeah, I agree. We're in, the, we're in the same, yeah, same mindset color. there for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, do you have a, an angler in mind that you think can uh, can really like throw down in the kitchen, maybe? based off personal experience, somebody you've hung out with, or maybe even just like no, we never asked that. That's a good question. social media or anything like that. Hmm. I mean, you see some of those guys doing like the lifestyle cooking, like on their videos and stuff. Yeah. But it's usually all just like throwing, you know, meat on the grill. You don't see a lot of like, right. Things Putting coming together. together. Yeah. I would say most of my fishing buddies are, pretty basic they're not that great at cooks <laughs> i'm just being real like can they grill a steak sure can they sure. like you know but like are they like putting together a meal and like you yeah know, building on a recipe I, I don't nobody really comes to mind that's like yeah i'm sure they're out there but i just can't think of any of I know, like Pangrak always rips on Lucas saying all he does is cook steaks you know like i don't know yeah. if actually like just lucas can <laughs> actually like too, food yeah. or not yeah <clears throat> I mean, steak tacos. Actually, you know who's, who's really legit, and maybe you don't even know who uh, Ryan Pinkala, who's uh, like he's out of the mm-hmm. Minneapolis area. He's buddies with Soby and Bart, and the guys do the Crappie Chronicles. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. I know yeah, that. Yeah. So he yeah. is like a legit outdoorsman that is throws uh, down. Like he, yeah, throws down. Like he's got his cook. He's got like a cookbook on like Amazon. Whoa, like, wow. yeah, like crappie fettuccine and like. Oh my uh, gosh. Like, like yeah, uh, fish, get a hold of uh, that, yeah. what's the tortilla dish for breakfast? Like the, mm-hmm. like the, what is that? Uh, the tortillas that are like in a red or a green sauce. Oh yeah, like enchiladas? Yeah, uh, no, like more of a breakfast where it's like a, it's like enchilada sauce over tortilla chips and there's like. Yep. 
I know what I you're know. trying to get I at. I can't remember, think. But of he that. had like a fish version of that. Okay. And like he's got all kind of like game recipes. Yeah, like that. That guy Dang. knows. Yeah, we got. If you're looking for something, look guy. up Ryan Pinkala. Or look up Ryan Pinkala. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the all ice right. fishing is like completely irrelevant. And if you just, I only watch it for the food stuff that Ryan does. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope, dude. Yeah, we got to look that up then for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rich. We're gonna jump off with our. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we're going to jump off with our sort of, kind of, not exactly, um, like rapid fire, but it's we call, we call it one of your favorites. So we just list off a bunch of stuff. Don't put too much thought into it. That's why we didn't call it your favorite, because to narrow it down to one thing could be difficult. Be but we'll sort of this. go in order, like Nate Lola me, Nate Lola me, Nate Lola me, and just spit it out as quickly as you can. Oh, so we have to come up with something that we want to ask him what his favorite is. Yes. Is that right? I just want to make favorites. sure I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll just roll through it. So, Nate, go. Let's see how you do, Rich. All right. Uh, favorite crankbait? Probably a DT6. Dang. One of. Okay. Ooh, one yeah. of your Classic. favorite movies. Yeah. Hmm. I'll just go Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> classic that's awesome all right uh yeah. like like uh band or just like solo musical artist probably like aerosmith oh dope okay nice. yeah that was by uh, the way that was my first concert ever i think i was nine or ten my mom took me to a aerosmith concert in like madison and i had never smelled weed at that point in my life <laughs> and i kept asking my mom what is that weird smell and she kept on saying i'm not really sure Aww. She knew. My mom <laughs> lied to me. She, she was knew. like, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She's like, she's like behind my back, hitting the bowl or something. But yeah. Oh my gosh. That's too funny. Uh, drink while fishing derbies. Uh, combination of water and Diet Mountain Dew. Okay. What about a drink while not fishing derbies? Combination of water and Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> okay. What's one of your favorite? Like if I'm in the boat, it's literally like I'm either hydrating or getting a little pick me up caffeine. Like I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what is one of your favorite things to do uh, that has nothing to do with the outdoors? Probably watch my kids play sports. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, yeah, they're, I'm they're sorry. Big I'm into cutting in. How, how old are your kids? How many kids? Uh, 15 and 13. Two daughters. They're Aww. like. Yeah, big time athletes. That's awesome. Good so for them. fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, guilty pleasures. Besides Taco Bell, Besides <laughs> that, could, that could be yeah. it. That could be it for sure. That was, uh, that's a good one. Probably ice cream. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, what about finesse techniques, or technique, or? <laughs> I mean. I prefer not to finesse. Mm. Like that's like, you know, the spinning rods are in the rod locker under the glass. You break in case of emergency. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> rather catch him on a jig or a frog or something like yeah. that. But Sounds if you like have to, to. Uh, probably a wacky rig would be okay. my go-to. Yeah, that's Nate too. That's Nate too, for sure. That um, You kind of already answered this, but what's one of your favorite junk foods? So maybe not like from a restaurant, but just even something to pack in the boat, chew on while you're driving. Twix, who knows? Yeah, Twix. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good ones. There is a lot of good ones. It doesn't have to be a sweet either. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, it could be like my, my new like favorite a, one is munchies, like the cheese I was going to say that. Yeah, it's so good. Good lately. variety. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
favorite. Yes? Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, it's Nate. <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, favorite. Uh, favorite rod that you've owned in the past or currently? Yeah, probably my favorite. And I, I honestly just heard that they discontinued this rod, which Uh-oh. slightly alarming. But it's the oh. Dobbins HP seven hundred five casting rod, which is my dock rod for jigs. So, okay. Little concerned that if I break mine, I don't know what I'm gonna do now because oh, no. I'm surprised. Like, because like I've got several videos about how this is like my jig rod, and like where are all my fans like not buying enough of these rods that we can't keep right. this in production? Like, right? what's going on? Right. Come yeah. on. Yeah, Dobbins was like, "Thanks for the video, snip." <laughs> there you go. Yeah, do you, you have... know, you know a guy over there. Tell him you need a couple more before they uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite gas station for road trips? I mean, besides Quick Trip, I mean, uh, I there, 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 there is a right, than. there is a right answer here. Yeah, out of boy, yeah, that's the right answer. Uh, what's one of your favorite sports teams? I would say my number one sports team is the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, although I've gotten definitely more casual ever since Favre threw across his body in New Orleans and uh, yeah. got picked. Like I've had the heck a more healthy like take a step back yeah. from how. Uh, Involved, that, I season, that season ended pretty rough, you know, yeah. yeah. Rough. So, like, I was like, found myself very upset for several days, and I was like, This this is not, I mean, you can be a fan, but I gotta like. Yeah. So, I follow the Vikings the most, but like okay. this year, I remember going out fishing in September, got like a late start, got on the boat at nine. And this is like in Burnsville, which is like just south of Minneapolis, so this is right. like yeah. a heavily metro area, and I'm like, There's yeah. just that many people here at the boat ramp. And then I'm like at noon, I'm like, I'm the literally the only boat out here fishing. What's going on? I was like, it was the Vikings opener, but I completely was. Oh, like, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> you stepped a little farther back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it uh, I when it's until there's ice and if my boat's working and it's reasonable weather, I'll be fishing instead of watching football. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think I'm gonna do that next year. I'm kind of announcing it now. I think I'm gonna back off of bow hunting next year just so I can uh-huh. fish more. Because I love bow hunting, but like I love fall you fishing. It. You can. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sick of chasing deer. I'd rather go chase big schooled up small jaws in the fall. And... What you do is you just go out and just shoot dough, put it in the freezer, and then just go fishing. Yeah, I do need to do Don't that. follow yeah. that pressure of all this big buck macho crap. Thank just you. Put something tasty in the freezer. Yeah. Preach, <laughs> brother. Yeah, get some taco fuel yep. and then keep and then keep That's it right. moving for sure. That's yeah. pretty pretty well said. Uh, yeah. What's your uh, you, you mentioned uh, flipping and and all that? What's your favorite flipping jig? Yeah, uh, probably a three quarter ounce Bass Tech jig that we have like a screw lock built into it, and I'll put like mm. a chunky D or a mini D bomb on there and just like yeah. cover water with that. Yep. Yep. You like oh. that heavier jig better? Yeah, like if I'm flipping a jig, you kind of need a little bit of that. Uh, I guess if I'm like, when I say, I guess, yeah, I guess I was thinking more like flipping, but like if I'm fishing docks, it's usually like a three eighths or half ounce bass tech, like the Arky style jig. Yep. yep. Okay. Like I guess yeah, yeah. if I'm thinking like flipping, flipping, then it's more that three quarter ounce. Yeah. So I guess. The other one's more of a casting skipping jig, I guess, in my mind. I yeah. Find. Right. What about swim jigs? I will say that to me, the best swim jigs come from the greater upper Mississippi region. Okay. Like whether it's the lethal weapon or the Brevardi or the super K, or I think probably I wasn't familiar with the ones you guys were talking about, but Mm -hmm. they're kind of made from that same vein of like, and style. 
Uh, I'm a big fan of these smaller batch hand tied yeah. swim jig style. I'm not a huge fan of the all terrain outcast sure. dirty jigs, which are these more full hook, full skirt. Like they're more like the Alabama South type flipping mm-hmm. or uh, swim jigs. And I, I'm yeah. much more keen to the upper Midwest, you know, Mississippi river, uh, super K and then all terrain actually came out with, or not all terrain, uh, Arsenal came out with one this year. Mm. Actually, Dan Fabiano, the guy that owns Arsenal, is a big swim jig guy. And it was kind of okay. a passion project for him to come out. So they just came out with their quarter ounce cool. and three ounce swim jig. And uh, it definitely is a, a fish catcher. And the first couple times I got, I caught a couple of big pike and dogfish on it and it held up. So, like, I feel no, like cool. it passed the test pretty good. That's yeah. it. That's the yeah. test for sure. And that's it. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pike. much exclusively. So, like, with Giltech, um, I just have to contact him and say, hey, I need this many swim jigs, whatever. And he's always like, what weights? And I'm like, quarter ounce. Just when it comes to swim jig, almost exclusively, I'm, I'm throwing quarter ounce. I don't know if, you, if you're in the same vein, but I, I just think that's pretty much the, the juice Most pretty much all the time. Like a quarter, like the Super K, I would throw in a quarter. But I feel like the swim jig that Arsenal came out with, their their root, like the way he did it, it was like the full hook and jig weight yeah. versus like the head. So I oh, feel like yeah, their sure. three eighths is very comparable to somebody else's quarter because the other people are getting gotcha. a quarter ounce head on a hook. Plus, yeah. Whereas yeah. like right. Dan's three eighths is the hook and the head weigh three eighths. So that is different than, yeah. His quarter ounce is more like a eighth. Like in so, other people, so I've kind of gravitated the three eights in the arsenal. I got you. Okay, so sense. with the, yeah. I'm going to sound like a real noob. So with the <laughs> with the weights and yeah. things, is it a feel? Is it what you can do with it? Is it how the? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, there's. You want to answer that, Rich? There's a whole bunch. Yeah, sure. Of, hey, give it to him. Yeah. Uh, it's typically like how fast and the cover. So how where do I want it positioned in the? water column and at what speed do I want to move this bait? Mm. So a quarter ounce, I can fish higher and slower. Okay. Whereas a a three eighths or a half, I can get it deeper and faster. So Mm. kind of depending on the mood of the fish, the cover, the uh, water clarity, like how good of look do I want the fish to get or not to get at it also could be the size and the bulk of my trailer. So like, Oh. You could say like a quarter ounce swim jig with like a straight tail five inch or four inch like Yamamoto or uh, Kalen scrub will fish the same as like a three eighths ounce jig with like a, a chigger craw on it. Right? So do you just like, know this from like experience and like just trying different things? And you're like, oh, well, this is the same as this. So I'll just do this. I prefer Yeah, you kind of get to understand like- that like a certain like just think about it like in the simplest term, like a grub, which is like a Senko, right? Almost has no drag on the water. It's going to yep. have very little resistance whereas like something big and flappy like a a strike king rage bug or a a, a chigger craw has a lot of flapping motion yeah it's gonna slow the movement right like there's Mm. more drag on that bait yeah that makes sense lift and be slower whereas something that has very little resistance is going to get down deeper uh easier okay that was really helpful thank you like a parrot right like something with a bunch of appendages and arms is going to be more like a parachute in the water yeah whereas like a senko uh, you know, it's like a rock just going right, yeah. to cut right through. Yeah. yeah. And depending too on like what you're using on the trailer, I find with like a quarter ounce, um, you know, like if I'm using like, like you said, like a Senko on the back or um, what's that new Rapala crush city deal. That one, which the is mayor? Like the, the may, is that the or, one, is that the one? Are you talking the about the straight tail? tail one? Yeah. What is that thing called? I always forget. It's something funny. 
anyway, oh, but if you I throw just, something like that, or if you we'll just we'll just call it a spunk shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or if you take like one thing I've done forever before this like whole Demiki craze is take a fluke and just cut one side of the tail off, so it's just that little twitch. Anyway, if you do that, cut off the belly of the fluke, so it's just a really sleek. You can get it through a lot of stuff on a swim jig that you just can't really throw anything else. Like without like like a a vibrating jig comes through stuff pretty well. Spinnerbait comes through stuff pretty well, depending. Obviously, like a straight rig Cinco weightless, you can get through absolutely anything. But a swim jig, you know, there's times you can really just cover water and just pull it straight through stuff that anything else is going to get hung up on. And uh, yeah, so the weight makes a big difference there because if you're throwing like a five eighths, it's going to get deeper in there, get more crap yeah. on it, and I don't know. This was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. So the people sure. that are watching later on YouTube, you can put in the comments what we can't remember. Yeah, we can put the name of the rap. Freeloader. Freeloader. Right. Freeloader. Freeloader. And actually, the dish I was thinking of was. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Chilaquiles. The chilaquiles, right? Isn't that what? Chilaquile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the tortilla dish. That's the breakfast dish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know, another one one that gets. What is that? What jig is that? Is that a dirty jig? No, it's just a handmade. Oh, that's that one that your boy does. Yeah, that quarter ounce, that smaller head. Yeah. yeah, super good looking jig for sure. Um, you know what's another super slept on? Like, um, I don't think it's Mexican, but it's like a Hispanic food. What? Is uh, empanadas? Oh, yeah. Empanadas are the dopest. I've had those with fish when I was in Argentina. That was that was incredible. All right, back to one of your favorites. We're on the jig kick. What's one of your favorite <laughs> vibrating jigs? Uh, I'm, I'm so there's two that I throw mostly, okay. and it's the Jackhammer or yeah. the Z-Man Custom which mm-hmm. I think is a tackle warehouse exclusive, but it's a pretty good, and I think it's only like $8.99 or $9.99. Now, this year, and they came out late in the year, the uh, Z-Man Evo. That new Evo, bait, yeah. yeah which is like really an $8.99, $9.99 bait. Looks to have most of the properties we want in a jackhammer. Jackhammer. Um, yeah. And then yeah, also, nice uh, yeah, they muffed Packers muffed a punt. But anyway, what happened? Uh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so mean. Uh, uh, and then there's the uh, another one that just came out, which is like a buck less. Is the uh, the XPS uh, Bass Pro Chatterbomb? Right, right. Chatterbomb. Uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, that's like a buck less, but that doesn't have a hand tied skirt where the Evo does. Yep. So I bought a couple of these. They look pretty good. They passed the eye test, but I okay. didn't get them early enough to get out and fish them. So I'm excited yeah. to go out and do some testing this spring to see if these like half price chatterbaits can fill that void yeah. and be a legit contender. Yeah. You uh, you throw um, the mini I, max at all? I have a little bit. I've caught a few fish. Yeah. To me, the mini max, the the when I reel it in and how it feels, feels more like a quarter ounce lipless crankbait or like a lipless rattle trap. Sure. It doesn't uh, doesn't yeah. feel like a uh, a chatterbait. Not saying yeah. that it's not good or doesn't work, but sure, it's got sure. a different. Uh, I see that as more of like a, a pressured or like a cold water bait. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thrown enough and have enough reps with it to really say. Yeah. So like yeah, it. so I'm kind of anxious to try these new ones this spring. Yeah, and do some videos on these new chatterbait alternatives. Is there a more versatile bait? type than a chatterbait in terms of like how many like through the year i feel like you can throw it from like ice out to ice in you can i mean you can throw anything but i just feel like a chatterbait i don't know yeah low that's lola's favorite thing to throw as a jackhammer yeah i think it's um, a a regular jig is more versatile maybe because like i 
like if I'm on a really good swim jig bite, I'll yeah. put on a swim jig. But there are a lot of times where I will put on like a three eight ounce Bass Tech flipping jig, and yeah. I will flip it, I'll skip it, I'll drag oh, it, sure. I'll swim it, and I'll try yeah. a lot of different things. And if the bite evolves, then you know, then maybe I'll dial in and go something more. So yeah, I think I think just a, and, and like I can take that jig, I can give it a finesse haircut. I could put yeah. a little small speed crawl or meta scrub on it, or I can bulk it up and put something big with yeah. you know, a rage bug on it and, and do a lot of different things with it, the jig. And I can, the jig is nice. I just think it does a little more than a chatterbait, but a chatterbait sure. is also one of those versatile um, yeah. baits. You ever, you ever flip a chatterbait? Nobody but does. I've heard about people do it. And yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. that it is a thing that people do. Yeah. Nobody, but I haven't gotten into like that. Yeah. Right on. All right. Sorry. Keep going. But I also think like just a, a lot, I've had a lot of people on my stream ask me why is Z-Man coming out with these like eight and nine dollar chatterbaits when right. they're selling the fire out of seventeen dollar chatterbaits, right? Yeah. And I think my assumption is is their partnership with um, Evergreen. Evergreen Evergreen is probably coming to an end. Yeah. And I think it's actually an Evergreen Evergreen bait that is sold in the u.s as z-man mm-hmm. yeah so i think they stand to make more money by selling their own bait like they're probably sure. going to make just as much money on a solo ten dollar chatter bait than they are they splitting sure splitting it with yeah, a, that a makes 17 dollar uh, evergreen i right. also think from what i've heard is this the the, the chatter bait patent may be up in the next year or two mm. so i think z-man is getting themselves positioned Sure. In that seven, eight, nine dollar range. Yeah. Because if they wait to do that until after it comes out, then everybody and their brother is going to have be on yeah. top of them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if they cannibalize their own market, yeah, that makes and sense. Lock up the eight dollar market. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's then a good all the me twos will have a hard time breaking in if they've yeah. already. So. I can't, I mean, I can't believe they're even a company anymore ever since the slobber knocker came out. Cause I mean, boy. That's a joke. I'm sorry. That's a joke. Um, sorry. I think that was that was a that was like uh the, you just sleep on the, the thunder the, cricket like that. The thunder cricket, we or the old. Do you remember the old uh, the old Strike King chatterbait where it had like that blade with like the little kind of weight blade? on the bottom? Yeah, the rage blade. Yeah, yeah. That was, I actually caught some fish on that is back that in the, the day. Some people that said that, that rage blade that was really pure good poison. Wood. That's pure different. poison. Yeah, the pure poison. I think maybe was infringed and it had to go away. Okay. And then they came back because the Thunder Cricket is actually licensed directly, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Thunder Cricket and like the Slobber Knocker, obviously two t- separate companies, two separate parent companies, separate whatever. But yeah, I remember the Slobber Knocker coming out with the design that it came out with because they couldn't do what they wanted to mm-hmm. because of the uh, copyrights and patents and all that. It's kind of like uh, when uh, Minkota came out with the Raptor, and they're like, "It's a totally unique product." And I'm like, "I think they're dope, but it's really not a totally unique product." You were just waiting in the wings for that to fall off, so you can make your own version of it. But you know, that's that's capitalism. It's fine. Yeah. All right, Nate, ask a couple more of these. Let's, uh, you know, what? forget it. No more of these. Let's let's bump. <laughs> <laughs> these, these these favorite things to do are awesome, but we're just going we're going through them so long. Let's jump over Nate and Lola, Rich. Okay. Let's jump to podcast questions. Let's and what it. this is, Rich, is our opportunity to um, get your insights on like your own podcast and even just podcasts in general because. Um, we're loving what we're doing with our podcast mm-hmm. and we're having fun with it, but we're not um, 
you know, the end all be all kings of it. We're still growing as we're, as we're learning more and more about it. And so I love having people like you on having people like uh, serious angler guys on who are, you know, who've paid their dues and continue to pay their dues and they're learning as they go as well. But um, yeah, let's, let's ask some podcast questions. Yeah. So uh, you touched on a little bit kind of earlier in the podcast, but when, when exactly again, did you, did you start the podcast and, and kind of why, why, why did you want to go that route? Yeah. So it, I would, I think it was like April, 2020 is when I started the live streams and I really started the live streams. Like I said, as a kind of a, an outlet at that time mm-hmm. when we were in the shutdown and then also for watch hours. And I don't think I, it, I don't remember exactly when I started converting it to MP3s, mm-hmm. but I just kind of thought that would be a way to extend the audience and maybe, Cause like, I guess I've always been kind of YouTube first and then the podcast, like converting it to an audio only MP3 podcast has always been kind of like a, a secondary function for me. Okay. Huh. I do consume a lot through MP3, but, and so that's why I've always, you know, whether I'm driving or, you know, graphing in the boat or driving to a tournament, like uh, the podcast has slowly eroded the radio for me. So I just thought as another way to like get more reach by sure. converting those live streams in, into podcast format. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting insight to know you started video and then yeah. went to the audio side of it. Um, yeah. What podcast do you listen to? Say like heavy in my playlist that I listen to most of them. Bastock live, uh, Luke Duncan, former mm-hmm. guest. Yeah. Uh, that's actually the one that I actually watched first for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which was a good show. Nice job on that, that one. Was a good one. Yeah, we had some bad audio gremlins on that one, but yeah, Luke's still a stud and he he was just so authentic. And then like I've been pretty teal is probably one of the uh, the Bass Galaxy, one of the newer ones mm-hmm. that I've been more into. I dabble in some of the other ones. Like I do catch some of like Serious Angler, uh what is the uh the, Bertrand's podcast. Uh, uh, what yeah, is, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, obviously I know what you're talking to about. It. Yeah. Do you, English do you happy, listen to any happy non, hour? Do you listen to any non-fishing stuff? Like, do you listen to any not, funny stuff? Not much. Okay. A lot murder? of the stuff that I watch yeah, or listen stuff. to <laughs> outside of fishing is like YouTube content. Okay. Like, mm. uh, stuff about doing content, YouTube a lot of that stuff, not that stuff. I don't digest as much like on an MP3. I, I more watch the videos or mm-hmm. the the live streams and stuff on YouTube itself. Yeah. Uh, shout out to YouTube Premium if you don't have that. That's a really good way to like get content because then you can like turn your screen off and, and listen afterwards. Mm. But that's probably okay. my wife is super big into like the murder yeah. crime yeah. podcast, yeah, which I just assume is a ploy to like know how to get rid of my body when she needs to. <laughs> <laughs> and you're okay with that I've, apparently because you're still with I've, I've listened to it. I just like for me, it's like I don't feel good or happy after listening to those. <laughs> you're like, I don't, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, they're like, oh no, but they caught him. Like, yeah, but they killed 17 people before they caught yeah, that's that's just, really icky stuff. it's not yeah. a it's not a like feel good story for me no, I, I agree yeah. Yeah, yeah i like i like murder mystery podcast but i have to like i, I drive a lot like 
to central Wisconsin, five-ish hours round trip, whatever. I can't listen to like a murder podcast there and all the way back. But like, then that's he'll come home and be much. like, dude, this guy, yeah. he did blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ew, I don't want to hear <laughs> any but, of yeah, that. But it has to be because he's right. I agree with Rich. If it's yeah. too much, I feel very like, bleh. Like that was, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I also, I got turned on to this Canadian true crime one uh, by Gussie. And mm-hmm. those, a lot of those are like really, really old. And I don't know why that somehow makes it feel a little it less was- icky because it so happened in the, the 30s past. or something. Um, but yeah, so um, what were some of the things, Rich, that you learned um, about podcasting or maybe not even just podcasting, but content creation, maybe from like the early days of Hellabass, like kind of specifically, did you mess anything up or, or do things wrong and learn from that? Or how did that all pan out? And I think you just have to do it. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for, I think the biggest mistake is just not like getting in your own way or being nervous. Like, I think you literally have to get your reps in just like Mm -hmm. anything else. Like if you're going to learn to skip docs, you're going to have some backlashes and you're going to hit some pontoons. Like that's just the way it is. Like creating content is the same way. I think there's some experts like you got to make a hundred, you know, crappy videos before you're going to like make a good one. Like in, as long as you're getting like 1% better every time you make a video, then just make them and create the content. And I Mm. think don't be afraid, make the contents and then just learn from every one you do. You're going to have ones with bad and same with podcasting, right? I'm sure if you go back and listen, I I haven't listened to your full body of work, but I'm sure you guys go back and listen to the first 10 episodes you did. And you're like, Oh man, I can't believe I, Hind and hot, or I can't believe our mics were that bad, or I can't believe we sounded like that, or I can't believe we, or whatever, right? Like, yeah, as long as you're getting like one percent better every time and learning, it's it's a journey and it's a progress. And there's some people that their personalities and their storytelling it comes more natural and it comes quicker to them. Sure, Uh, but I think we all have to go through that journey if we're interested, and you really find out whether you like it or not. There's a lot of people that go and buy GoPros and they record it and then they make a video and go like, "That's not a work. I don't think I really like this." So it's all part of that. And then I think today, if you want, I I don't know, I I don't really know a ton about the podcast space. Like I said, the podcast space is more like a secondary function for me. Yeah. But in the YouTube realm, packaging is everything. Or it's almost like the how you title and thumbnail your content is as important, if not more important than the content itself. Totally. Okay. I mean, our like kids would attest have, that, like, not yeah, that one, true. not that one. That one looks weird. Absolutely okay, let's try that one. <laughs> guests and interviews and yeah. content and the best mics and ask the coolest questions and have the best storytelling. But if you can't put the presentation together of the thumbnail and title, if nobody clicks on it, nobody ever knows how good it is. Sure. Totally. And do you mean that? Let's get specific. Do you mean that? And this is not a diss whatsoever, but I think most people would agree. Like Milliken has some pretty like clickbaity titles and like thumbs, mm-hmm. um, thumbnails. I mean, um, do, is that what you mean by that? Like, would you say that he's doing it well or? Yeah, I think, and I think it's not clickbait if you deliver. Okay. That makes sense. It's a good way to look at it. Now I think there's, and it's, you need something that's clickable. You have to have something that drives curiosity or intrigue yeah. or stops the scroll to get the click. Yeah. Like literally sure. the days of just saying episode 12 interview with Jay Yellis 
is not good enough. Hmm. Yeah. Like it's not going to stop the scroll. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Like you have stop to be like, scroll. and you have to come up with something that fits your style, something you're comfortable with and something you can deliver on. But you kind of have like, and, and you, I think you've seen that with my live streams, right? They're, they're rarely ever titled like episode 364 interview with Gary Dobbins. Yeah. If there's usually like a question or a statement or something in mm. the title that makes you go, oh, and at least think about it and subscribe. And then maybe yeah. the, the thumbnail converts you to click it. And then you, tr- mm. you typically want to deliver like and give feedback on that title and thumbnail in the first 10 seconds. Yeah. So that when somebody clicks on it, they're getting the validation that I'm it's in the right spot so and I clicked yeah. on the right spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really good insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes a ton of sense for sure. It does. Yeah. And if you can get, if you can carry somebody through the first 30 seconds, you can usually get them through a good chunk of a video or a stream yeah. or a podcast. Yeah. At least on the video side. Yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so according to explodingtopics.com, as of September of this year, uh, there were a little over 3 million different podcasts worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, just just fishing so, podcasts, right? Yeah, it seems like it. Feels it. Like <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But uh what what makes a podcast good enough to stand out? What what is it? Ooh, I think the podcasts that I like the best are the ones that blend personality and for entertainment information and mm-hmm. all together. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can kill a podcast, right? Sure. Like you get some bad audio or some click in or some weird things like that. There, are, I know there's been some like guests and topics and, and it might just be like one episode. Like, and it, I'm not saying I'll never go back and live, but like, I might just like skip that episode if it's just like too much to get through. Yeah. Like I know like, the Midwest Angler podcast. I've been on their podcast a couple times, and there are a couple guys from Iowa, and they talk like college sports and ice fishing and outdoors and like Northwest Iowa. But for a while, they had an issue when they had Gus on the phone. There was just like this clicking static that was just like Ugh. piercing in your ears, and I was like, "Yeah." They finally got it fixed, but there was like episodes that I would just like start to listen I to, just, and as soon yeah. as the guest came on, I'd just be like, "We're done with this one. I'll try it again next week." Dang. Yeah, right. that sucks. Wow. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That's that's that was actually one of our follow up questions. Was like, yeah. does audio quality matter? Because some people say it does. I mean, I think everybody admits that it does, but like some people also say, in the name of putting out content, audio isn't the I biggest th- issue. But I don't know. I think there's a minimum bar, and once you get over that bar, it doesn't. Yep. matter. that's a good much. point. Yeah, but right? if it's like, so bad that it's distracting. If it's so like, offensive, and I know, like, uh, like we talked about Aaron Taylor, right. like some of his heard stuff, you'd have like one guest, like not even close to the mic and somebody else like right on the mic. And yeah. like, you'd go from like on your, like your earheads or your, in your car, like turned up uh-huh. to like 20. Yeah. And the next thing you know, somebody else is like up here oh. and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, like, yeah. yeah like, yeah, so yeah. like if there's like weird sounds or clicking or if like the, it's too out of balance where it's like yep. one moment I can't hear the next time somebody's screaming at me. Yeah. Like if I like can't just stuff. focus on what's happening, like because if I'm like, oh, I'm distracted the- by it, right. like, sorry, that's too much. Yeah. I would agree for sure. So I think there's a basic um, minimum bar you have to get over. And after that, I don't think 
Yeah, I don't think you go into a four hundred dollar mic instead of an eighty dollar mic to get like oh a little little deeper crisper bass and uh, right you know, uh, yeah like whether you have a pop filter or not a pop filter that's not going to make or break I think your podcast yeah. as long as yeah, you can yeah. meet that minimum audio quality yeah yeah that's really good so where do you want to go with Hellabass like what's what are your goals long term or short term both I think one of the biggest goals that I had. I have achieved. Okay. Okay. So the main thing that I wanted to be able to do was to pay for my bass fishing tournaments and like my hobby and able to be able to afford a new boat Mm -hmm. without tapping into my day job. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great goal. I like that. And now I've kind of done that and I, and I, I still want to keep it going and grow and see like, Hey, I want to, build the audience. Now for me, it's more about building the community and just kind of like enriching where we're at. I'm not really concerned about like, Oh, I want to get to a hundred thousand and a silver play button or like, I don't really even think that at this point I want to try to make it full time. Okay. Because I feel like I really enjoy the level I'm at and I don't have to kill myself, whether I get a video every week or not, or yeah, sure. like if I miss a week of uh, live streaming because I'm traveling for work or it doesn't work with my kids sports, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, but like if I had to feed my family with it, yeah, like that's a different level. And I think that stress of like putting out content and the yeah. amount of editing that would have to do might, might kill it for me to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm at a pretty good spot where it's a, it's a nice symbiotic relationship where it works well with my tournament fishing and I can balance it and it's profitable from that standpoint, yeah. but I'm not dependent on it. And I, and I I'm pretty good with that spot. At yeah. This that's pretty comfy. Yeah. yeah you have, you have a really I, good insight here. I like it. And I'm working with people that I enjoy working with and I don't have to feel like I have to chase things yeah. just to make a buck. Right. So, I always, yeah. um, I always think of Wayne's world when they like sell out and then they have like the fake basement studio and they have to bring on guests that they don't care about. And like, it's sort of funny, but it's also sort of like an archetype for how it actually works. Whereas if you sell your soul and you're obligated for all these weird things and yeah, I I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Like at this point I can like have guests on that. I want to have guests on. I don't like sure. Do I, do I consider having people on that would, People are interested, yes, but like I don't feel like, oh man, like I gotta go have Randy Blockett on because everybody's talking about Randy Blocker right now, or right. I gotta go have <laughs> right. this guy on because he's yeah. the hottest thing in the world, or I gotta go have Jacob Fouts on. I'm like, do I want to? Do- I don't really know if I want to talk to Jacob Fouts. I'm not. I'm not gonna worry about it. Like, yeah. oh, everybody yeah. talk to Jacob Fouts. That's I mean, fair. not saying there's anything <laughs> wrong with that, but like, I'll just have you know somebody else on that I want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I like yeah. that for sure. So for uh, for what you do podcast wise, where where have you seen like your most engagement? Have have the videos done considerably better than your audio stuff, or is it pretty in, pretty even mix? Or, or what do you see? I would say on average, my video is still four to five x bigger than my podcast. Oh wow! Okay. And do you think so it's YouTube, because that's where you started? That's what I was or? just going to ask. I think it's because where I started, where I built my audience. But I also think, like you said, sometimes I, I don't know if you guys think this. Like you, you do listen. It sounds like an MP3 to mine sometimes. Yeah, I do. There's probably the way I run my show. There's probably a little bit of FOMO. Do you ever find yourself like going over yeah. and watching the YouTube yeah, replay? Yeah. Yep. So I think that that's part of it. Just it is a there is a component to 
my live streams that are <coughs> visual, especially when we do like the boxing unboxings or we're talking baits uh-huh. or we're showing things. There's a lot of things like, or like I'm showing like tournament results on my screen or like showing screenshots of a yeah. map, or there's a lot of things that we do visually that I think it, it, the, the best experience for my product is on YouTube, whether it's live or in the replay. But sense. I still think there's a lot of value to listen to it passively down the road. And that's why I do put it out as that secondary platform. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Plus, I guess I understand more about how what do you want to call it the algorithm or how YouTube works. Yeah. yeah. And YouTube is a great platform for growing an audience. Sure. Once yeah. you understand what your audience is and you create contact for your audience, YouTube yeah. is very good and their systems are unbelievable for getting your content out for more like-minded viewers and audience and they okay. will give you the impressions if you're putting out good content and good packaging. Sure. I don't really under like other than like I don't know like how much recommendation on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or is it more word of mouth or like review I don't really have not gone into that to really understand how you grow a podcast and I haven't spent much time trying to grow the podcast. It's more just like a auxiliary outlet to what I do on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that the the metrics are easier tracked on YouTube versus um, social media, podcasts, whatever? Because I found in my and I'm not an expert on the level you are, but I found that like YouTube lays it out pretty black and white. Like your viewers didn't engage with this video as well because you launched it at this time versus if you would have waited till this time or whatever. Do you find that to be a thing? Because I really like that meat and potatoes, like the knowing, like the objective, yeah. you know. I think there's a lot more data available yeah. on YouTube. Like the analytics and data that you can go into is really impressive for what they give you. Like I've only looked at like my Spotify and like, it seems like there's barely anything to even like look at or analyze right. in Spotify uh, or so maybe there is, there's a way to get to it in the data, but yeah, to me, like YouTube gives you everything you need tools, analytics, stats, that's great. I don't I don't know that I knew that. Yeah. You think you yeah. think part of that's because like there's so many options for the podcast, the audio version, whether it's Spotify <laughs> or iHeart yeah, like or Apple platforms. or like like everybody who listens to a podcast, you talk to ten people and you'll get eight different answers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, I, I honestly don't understand enough about podcasts and how I don't know if there is some place that tracks all that stuff or there is a way to aggregate it. I have no idea. Yeah. Nice use of the word aggregate. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, I definitely haven't studied the MP3 audio podcast game like I have YouTube. Which makes sense if that's secondary right. to you. Um, so you make a lot of videos like lure stuff and um, industry stuff, boat stuff, all of that. Do you yeah, have a like lot. a lot of things? Yeah. Do you have a favorite video to make like to focus on maybe yeah yeah, yeah. like a favorite mm. style and are you shooting and editing all your own stuff still yeah okay yeah I, I pretty much do everything myself uh if there's anybody interested in getting a part-time gig as an editor i'd love to talk to you or if you want to grow with me i'd <laughs> oh. love to find somebody to be helping me edit so yeah. um but his I name's jordan my, he's right here <laughs> uh, my favorite probably videos to create are my tournament videos, even though okay. they are not the ones that necessarily probably grow the channel or get the most views. That makes okay. sense. Sure. But I do think my hardcore audience really likes the YouTube, like the tournament videos, but they're not 
for everybody. Okay. Um, so they are kind of just like almost like a little nugget or treat for my base or like the, the really yeah, people that are really into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to some degree, I also feel like it gives a certain amount of credibility to mm. my other content because I have had pretty solid success in tournaments. I do do. I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not planning on Brandon Paul Nick or anything like that, but like there is like a, enough success in my tournament videos that it, like when I make a bait tip video or when I'm talking on stream, if somebody sure, else has seen my other content, they're like, okay, this guy is, he's legit. He knows he's what he's credible. talking about. Yeah. He yeah, has yeah. some credibility. He's had some success. Yeah. So there is uh, a component to that where there are, there's a, as, as many, uh, as Nate says, there's 3 million podcasts. I don't know how many like YouTube channels are. There's way more than that, right. but yeah, 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 there's nothing preventing anybody from coming up and just saying, being a YouTube. Hey, this is, this is Joe's fishing or whatever. And like, I think this worm is the best or like this tip and like, listen to me, but yeah. And they may know a lot. They may not know anything, but if somebody wants to dive into my library and like check the facts, they can see that I am somebody that has some credibility. Yeah. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I used to work for a race car parts company in Iowa, um, called motion Raceworks, And through that, I built some relationships. There's like a guy named, um, Derek from a, a channel called vice grip garage, another feller, um, from, uh, roadkill. His name's Finnegan. And these are guys who like the meat and potatoes of their content is car building stuff. And every once in a while we would do race stuff with them and they would, do the same videos but just at races and it would get like a tenth of the engagement even though it's the same dudes and they're basically taking the stuff that they built to the race track but their other stuff their meat and potato stuff for that group of people who watched it was so much more specific does that make it like a a niche thing i mean Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like is it that you have to find like your really specific wavelength and that's where you get best engagement i probably honestly could have more growth if I would be more focused on something. Okay. But like I said, I'm not, if, if my goal was to get to like 30, 50, hundred thousand and grow fast, it would probably be like picking a category. Like I'm only doing bass boat reviews and walkthroughs or I'm mm-hmm. only going to do tips and like tackle and that kind of stuff. But I've just kind of yeah. make a personal decision. That's not my goal. Right. Like mm-hmm. grow. I'd rather build out a community and just have a, and kind of enjoy it. Um, yeah. I mean, like the riches are in the niches. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Huh. It yeah. seems that way. Yeah. Do you, and do you, I mean, you're obviously pretty intelligent and you're obviously pretty focused on some of the metrics and those kind of things. Do you know what your bread and butter is in that world? You don't have to tell me what it is, but do you know yeah, like, what I, your I most engagement? I think the videos that perform the best, that drive the most subscribers and get the most views are more like, tip and review type videos. Okay. Sure. Which are literally the easiest videos to make and edit because they're literally like studio videos. Yeah. The ones that take the most effort and are the passion ones are the fishing and tournament and on the water videos that have like multiple angles of GoPros and like what, you know, you're, you're combining like, you know, put some effort on it. Eight, eight hour tournament uh, day with two cameras running, filling up, multiple 256 gigabyte cards and then yep. splicing all that together to tell a story on the water in a way that like keeps it moving engagement to get somebody through an 18 minute tournament video. Yeah. Takes like 10 X the time it does like a how to rig a Senko video. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, I, like I, that I, have a, I have a, yeah. I have like a, you know, a wacky band, uh, wacky rig video that has like a hundred thousand views on it. Wow. And it probably took me like an hour to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that proves though, like that proves your integrity and the fact that you're not just like a culture vulture. You're not just trying to make right. money off it. Otherwise you'd have a whole bunch of, and you see it too, right? Like you see it on YouTube, like a dude will have success and a really sort of, like you said, niche specific, like, will this wacky rig work better than this wacky rig? And then their next video is like, will this crankbait outfish this crankbait? And it's like, dude, come on, dude. Like you're only doing this for views. Like now you found your little, like whatever. And you're just sort of, like replicating it like you're you know you're stealing from yourself essentially i hate that kind of stuff i mean but you have to do some of it right like you have to like pay attention to some amount of trends and stuff like but you also have to do it in a way that like so i have been like doing some videos about like the bpt and i did a video about jacob Fouts, but i try to do it in a way that is like bring something unique a perspective a different angle to it like i broke down like the bpt change yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. When they announced the cut from eighty to fifty, fifty. Yeah. I literally like went back and created spreadsheets for the last five years, calculated my own AOI standings, and broke it down like who's going to be on the cut line, who's not, and showed mm-hmm. the spreadsheets oh. and walked through it. That's versus dope. just like, whoa, what's Boy doing? He's killing the sport. This is yeah, terrible. Yeah, no, yeah. It was actually like actual valid information. Yeah, and bringing yeah. a fresh perspective to it. Yeah, yeah. and, and that video has actually done really well. Your Jacob Fox like video like was spot video. on too. You're, yeah, I like that one too. But your Jacob Fox yeah. one, where you weren't you weren't necessarily like a a jerk, like you weren't rude, but you were like, well, dude, this is kind of how it works in terms of like what's the value. I think is the word you kept on repeating. Like, right. what's the value you bring for your sponsors? And because um, yeah, that was a pretty polarizing deal. Is either like, oh, finally somebody said the truth, or you know, somebody was like, well, yeah, man, this this is how get it a is. real job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was very polar, right. and I thought you had a sort of yeah. like you Catch said, more a unique fish. take on it. Yeah, you had a unique take on it of just like, dude, this is kind of how it works. Like, it's not, it's no this, but um, let me ask you this, Rich. I I think I said this earlier, but um, when I first started following your stuff, I immediately I immediately liked you. Um, I kind of trusted the things you've said like right away. Like you just have this sort of like sincere vibe. It's um, the but Rich. It might be, um, but that if I can get kind of kind of serious for a second, um, I hate visors. Why do you do that to your hats? <laughs> it's honestly like a normal hat doesn't fit my head. <laughs> is that what it is? It's really like totally out of necessity. Like, I like have a hat like it like would sit like that high on my head. Oh, like pressed all gosh, the way down. This is hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. You're so so funny. you're cutting the top off to let your head out. Basically, okay. Plus, it's like way more functional in the boat. Like, yeah. I don't have my sunglasses here, but like, have you ever like set your sunglasses on the front and lost them because they flew yeah, off? I have actually. Yeah. Well, if you tuck it in the top of your hat, device, <laughs> you never my sunglasses. <laughs> it's functional. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> when you're running down the lake, yeah, you just throw it over your arm like this. Yeah. You you throw it over the throttle. That thing's not going anywhere. Oh my god! And it gosh. looks good. So, yeah. dude. So we have uh, Jordan. I understand yeah. not everybody has the swagger to pull off a visor. That See? could be it too. Yeah, or That's they're not good, college yeah. football coaches. <laughs> but now, my visors are all regular hats that just have been modified. Just like, I don't really yeah. wear like regular visors. Like, do you I don't have a visors. bunch of those? Like the, the what's on your head right now? Do you have a bunch of those? Mm-hmm. There's like the my my pickups got like eight of them on the dash. Oh my god! <laughs> this is amazing. He, he just puts them all on his arm. Awesome. <laughs> this is our this is our title for this video. Yeah. Something about yeah. 
poor fisherman makes is, his own visors is rich is the, way the, the cutoff future. hat the new the new fanny yeah, pack yeah something 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 <laughs> click baby but like practice well, that's when you put your hood up when you're fishing yeah. it fits yeah. way better over a visor than it does a hat yeah, that's probably wow. that's probably true. And you you have a really so like we have uh Chad Pipkins coming on. He was supposed to be on last week, but then we had COVID and so we had to reschedule with yeah. him, whatever. One of the things we're gonna ask Chad Pipkins is about his hair game, because like yeah. he's sponsored by a salon, he has that's really good. nice hair. You have a really full head of hair, Rich. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean I have a maybe receding forest gump hairline. So if I wore the visor, flow. See, I would just get well, burnt up, saying, dude. You should be wearing a sun hoodie, so your hood should always be up anyways. Yeah, that's true. See? Plus, in the, the summer, it's a little cooler. When you go down the lake, you get a little yeah. air conditioning, and then when you get back to your spot, <laughs> you throw the hood up. He's got it figured he out. He does have like a science. And you to go it. into full sunglass mode, and you can see the yeah. stumps and the docks and the milfoil. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Dang. I. Uh, this is a method. Watch. This ain't just for a look. It's functional. We need some tackle and tacos. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm gonna. Um. I'm always need regular hats. He's rethinking yeah. things. Jordan's like. So, hmm. I feel like this year next, I'm gonna try one. We're gonna win. What'd I feel you like say, the Nate? next how-to video. I feel like the next how-to video is how to cut the perfect hat. Yeah. It's yeah, how okay. You just haven't looked for it. Yeah, I've okay. got two of them. Oh, do you really? I'm gonna go look. Dang. That one did not was not a viral hit. Believe it or not, <laughs> shoot, God. a viral visor hit. Yeah, we should we should like because you're only a couple hours from us. I should like come up to you. We'll bring like some cinematic film equipment. I'll do yeah. it like in slow motion, like a like a master class, like with like um really moving symphonic type of music. He's like cutting in slow motion, like putting it on, and the next shot's like pulling out like a double digit bass. Yeah, that'd be good. Gonna be good. I like this. Oh, right so now. good. Yeah, and I'll be in the background just eating a taco. Perfect. <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> Nate, you're up. I think. I don't know. We're so off. We're so off our schedule. I don't right. know. Yeah. Schedule. Yeah. Uh, it's a conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so in terms of uh, you know, we we've been talking a ton about the podcast stuff. Obviously, on the podcast, when it came to uh, like booking guests, have you, did you ever kind of struggle doing that? Oh, Was that one. like an early struggle for you or something that you kind of still, still have struggles with? Yeah, I think there's a, like, that is the most difficult part yeah. is the planning. And then I always, I always feel like I'm like inconveniencing somebody like, mm. like it'd be nice if there was just like people like out there, like with their hands up being like, I want to be on podcast. Ask yeah. me. Like you yeah. just don't know. Like, like you said, I'm sure when you guys reached out to like Jay Yellis, you're like, I don't know, is Jay Yellis do podcasts? Does he even want to like come on yeah. our show? Like, yeah. I think in the end, most people are up to it. But there's always a few people that like literally never reply, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. cool. You're like, oh, you're that like, kind of person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a few of you in the fishing industry that are big enough that you can allow yourself not to reply and it probably doesn't matter, but those are the probably the people that don't. And then there's other yeah. people that literally don't get back to you. It's like, I don't know. You, you may not know this, but you're not big enough. You shouldn't be turned on any yeah. interviews. Like yeah, the right. fishing's right. not that big. Like you guys should all be trying to get as much media as you yeah. can. Yeah. You should not be burning bridges right now. Yeah. Uh, when we first started reaching out to people, Gussie responded back like instantly. Yeah. Like of all the he people that so we like sweet. hollered at, like right. And that yeah. was when we were like three episodes and he's like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. Yeah, he's crazy. Uh, I, I think I had Gussie on. It was a long time ago. I think I had him on before he even won the first Elite event. Oh, wow. Yeah. From the same place that he won the Classic? Yeah, in yeah. Knoxville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should probably have him on deck 
part two sometime. Yeah, he's such a cool dude, man. So nice. It was he so said- back ago. He was running AGMs instead of lithiums. That's how long ago it was. Wow. I mean, can you imagine? How embarrassing. I, I can't. Yeah, how, right. how embarrassing. He also still runs talons. Um, I'm almost positive. So yeah, I can see that. Like there's there's a case. I've, I ran talons on my last boat, and depending on your storage situation and yeah. intern the boat and how you put your boat away, it's the the, uh, the talons are still a valid product. Yeah, we like we still run them on our boat. Yeah. I love them, but yeah. I, I would probably upgrade to Raptors. If somebody's like, I'll trade you, I'd probably be like, okay. But yeah, I like them. I like them a but lot. A lot of those, problems, I don't know what boat you run, but a lot of the older boats, there's not a lot of space for those pumps. They take a fair amount of room. They do. Yeah, we have a Legend V20, so you could fit a couple yeah, of no, yeah. in the battery no, compartment. That's, a, that's but, a nice boat. One of my good buddies uh, that I fish with, uh, he's got a, a Legend 20. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're sweet. That's a nice boat. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot, for sure. Hold on to it. Don't be in a rush. Yeah, that's, that's no, a boat I, I would consider repowering if you ever had to. And that's kind of what we're thinking that's a pretty too. Pretty legit boat. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna hold on to it. The only thing I really want to do this year is upgrade the carpet. Uh, it has black carpet right now, which you would think it's really hot, but it actually doesn't get that bad. Mm-hmm. And I know like Lee Livesey and some other dudes run black carpet, but like it's just kind of it's kind of worn out. But yeah, I don't have any desire to get rid of it. I just want to keep it and keep rolling with it over the years. But um, tell us about your boat, dude. You said you have some issues with it, and by the way, that yeah. boat is a looker. That thing looks so good. The black and gray and red, and man, that thing looks good. Yeah, nothing negative to say about the Camus. The Camus has been absolutely awesome boat. Love it. Uh, the, the the motor did have an issue where mm-hmm. the, the lower unit kind of went out to no fight. I didn't hit anything. It just, there was a, I don't know, kind of, I don't know if it's just that kind of COVID workmanship supply chain hangover, oh, but there were some parts that failed inside and it's, it's all under warranty, but it's taken a long time. So like from October 1st to the end of the year, mm-hmm. I've been without a, a motor. Wow. Which is unfortunate. But otherwise, the boat has been awesome. Like, yeah. takes big water better than I could imagine. Is it the fastest boat in the world? No, but it's still plenty darn fast. Yeah. I run all, I run down a lot of people that think they have fast boats that say their boats are fast, but they don't, you know, carry the tournament load. And uh, yeah, the yeah. Camus has been a dream to fish on. Super cushy upgrade compared to my 2005 Pantera Classic. Uh, okay. Which Basscat <laughs> yeah. makes a nice boat, but yeah, when you go too. Yeah. literally yeah. twenty years newer, things just get more more comfortable. Uh, yeah. the boat. And that the ride of the Camus is just unreal. And was that it is right? That was your first ever brand spanking new boat, correct? Yep. That's so sick, dude. God, I've, never even, I've never even I've never even bought a new truck in my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, pretty. Same. I'm actually a pretty frugal guy when it comes to a lot of things. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough sport to be in to be frugal. Yeah, I mean, within yeah, I mean, <laughs> a, a guy that's frugal with thirty, you know, I don't know, uh, two to five hundred dollar rod and reel combos, but yeah, right. like you, you pick right. and choose your battles when it comes to frugality, I guess. Yeah, uh-huh. frugal here, yeah. not here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what size Camus is it? What which one? It's are you the CX twenty. The CX twenty. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Which for me. You know, I, I was coming from a, a, a Pantera Classic, which is like 19 foot 19 even or 19 foot one inch yeah. uh, and a fairly narrow beam right. uh, for a 19 footer. And now I'm going to a 20, I forget, is it like just under 20, maybe it's like 20 foot eight or 20 foot six or 20 foot five or something like that. So it's yeah. a little more than a foot, a little bit wider foot, but I've always been, I fish offshore, I fish however I have to, but I like when I can to get up shallow weave in and out of docks, get into tight yeah. places. And I just feel like the 20 footer fits my style more than a 21 footer. 
a uh, little less expensive to operate, a little easier to tow. You know, we're probably talking like deck chairs off the Titanic, but like a little more uh, affordable to run a 20 sure. than a 21. Right. But, yeah. And what's the beam on that thing? It's pretty wide, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. I don't know what the beam exactly is, but it's, it's, it's wide. I can. Yeah. It's, there's so much more room on that than my old boat. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I um, went, I went from, I went from a, a 96 champion 190, which is real similar to that. That bass cat, that Pantera style, uh, mm-hmm. you know, nineteen foot, two hundred horse, uh, to a Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, nine nineteen, and yeah, it's a it's a world of difference. But I I also wanted something in that kind of shorter, maneuverable, uh, uh, you know, realm. Something you could really get get into shallow water, you know, running around on the river down here. So I, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I looked at the nine nineteen and the CX nineteen both because I really was considering going with that nineteen eight inch boat yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lola and I, I, went I don't regret it at all. <laughs> we uh pedal paddle pedal boat? Pedal. Pet? It's a pet. What How is it? That? Yeah. We pedaled and then we bought a bass boat. That's not true. No, we had a 99 Triton TR21, <laughs> which was a really good boat too. Uh, yeah. really good hauls, you know, well sought after hauls. I didn't have anything crazy on it like that one video where the guy blows up going 115 or whatever. But it was it was a good boat, but um yeah, I love this boat. I always wanted cuz we have Lowell and I have six kids in in our our fam. Uh and so we really wanted something that we can go out like on our little local lake that's just like a trolling motor only lake and have a bunch of the kids up front and kind of you know, have plenty of room and this thing is gigantic. So uh, it awesome. out. yeah, it works out really well for us. Cause either that or a pontoon. So I, mean, I, honestly, I want exactly a pontoon yeah. <laughs> cause I think that would be so fun. Yeah, we I can know have we, both. That's yeah, fine. But we're I'm, not, yeah. I don't want to get rid of it. I'm not no. saying that when I no. say I want a pontoon. No, thank you. Yeah. That's mine too. That'll grow. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um. So speaking of fishing, speaking so of we've asked other guests this and gotten a variety of answers. Yeah. Um, what separates a good fisherman from a great fisherman? Are you talking just general fishing or tournaments? Both, either or. That wasn't a very good answer, but yeah, <laughs> on my part. <laughs> I'll start with tournament <laughs> fishing. Tournament is much more mental. When you, when, whenever you, there's a lot of guys, gals, people that I know that if you're just out fun fishing or doing their own thing, they're very successful. They catch them like, but you put them in a tournament situation and they fold like a cheap lawn chair. Like Mm. you start putting time constraints, goals, pressure, competition, uh, mechanical failures, wind, weather elements. And it's, 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 it's a mental thing. I'm anxious. How do you react? (laughs) How do you react to adversity? And whether you can stay calm and make good decisions and and problem solve and things like that is what is like the biggest thing. Once you get over the, like the basic mechanics of like fishing and like you can cast and do basic things, then it really becomes a mental. And like when your prop doesn't work or your motor doesn't start, you have battery issues or the wind blows your spot out or somebody beats you to a spot. Like how do you react? What do you do? How do you make lemonade out of lemons is what is the biggest thing for tournament anglers and yeah. being a, like a good tournament angler versus somebody that doesn't, is not consistent in tournaments. Hmm. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. And um, what do you see as like another, another step 
further, what do you see as the difference from a dude who's like a local club stick and then the guy who turns pro? Because it's sort of like, mm-hmm. I remember my dad telling me when I was a little kid, because I don't know, he's maybe wasn't being encouraging. I'm not sure. But I remember telling him something like I wanted to be like a professional basketball player. And he said something that wasn't super encouraging, but I think he's actually right. He was like, dude, the absolute worst player on any NBA team will mop up at any pickup game on planet earth. You know, you put him in any other format and he's just like the big dog. You put him in NBA and he can't get on the floor. What's the difference between a guy who's like a local stick and can take the step to elites bass pro tour winning the opens. I think fishing is a little different because it's not an athletic thing. Sure. Um, I think a lot of the anglers that are your most dominant locally do have what it takes physically, mentally on the water, mm-hmm. like a Pat Schlopper. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. Something relates something right. local to you guys, right? Yeah, he's like 10 like feet he, down the road from he us. He did yeah. it, right? And I assume the Shields you were talking about earlier is the Shields that, that Pat worked at. Uh, yeah, it works. Continues to, yeah. 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 Um, but, and he did it. And when he put his mind to it and decided, hey, I am going to take this and I am going to, learn how to fish in other areas and pursue it nationally. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference between the guys that, that only fish locally and the guys that do it, uh, you know, on the, is it's drive and the want to sure. do it mm-hmm. largely. Um, and, and also the ability or the, you know, somebody that's going to risk it and somebody that can go out and like take the hit. Cause when you first start doing it, most of the time you're going to like take some expensive learning lessons. Yeah. Like when you go to new waters, a lot of times you don't necessarily just hit it off. Like the first time you go South, whether it's for fun or a tournament, right? Yeah. you're like, Oh, like, Oh, I'm fishing shad. I'm fishing reservoirs. I'm fishing like a place with no grass. Like there's a learning curve. Yeah. Sure. And so be able to put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable and yeah. take that risk is yeah. what separates a lot of the people that do it on the yeah. top stage versus somebody that only does it locally and who's the, the big fish in the small pond versus somebody who's going to chase that bigger stage. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe in um, angling talent? Like, do you think you can be like a talented angler? You know, again, another comparison, let's say, um, I don't know, shoot uh, LeBron James. He, he holds a basketball. I'm into drumming videos lately. There's this yeah. guy named Larnell Lewis. I don't know if you've ever heard of this He's dude. awesome. He's an incredible drummer. When he drums, you watch this dude drum and you go, this sucker was meant to drum. Like and then he just, just stops and he's so like, yeah, talented. so that was the, he's like yeah, so he's chill. Whatever. But like, do you think there's a thing like that for fishing? Like dudes, you know, you see him fish and you're like, man, that dude was really like wired for this. Yeah. I, there is a little bit like a physical, there is like a hand-eye coordination and a certain thing that incrementally makes people better at fishing. But I think mm-hmm. what separates the the elite from like the pretty good is, is something that's hard to measure. It's more of okay. a intangible, like a lot of people who say they're, they're just fishy. Like they yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yep. like there are, I know a lot of people, some friends of mine and people I fish with that like, they can like recite Bassmaster. And if you ask them a question of like, Oh, when it's, when it's, you know, it's blowing 10 miles an hour across this weed flat. And like the book says I should throw a spinner bait sure. and like, like just, they know all the stuff, mm-hmm. but they're just not fishy. Like they yeah, don't, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. happen for them. So there is a certain element that fishing that's just like, I don't know if it's mental or just a vibe, but there is something like that's hard to quantify 
that separates the the top level. And it's not like basketball where you're like, I can measure LeBron's like vertical and his wingspan <laughs> Quite literally, and like yeah. his, his like shooting percentage from the three and his like, right. Like, yeah. uh, and some of that, there's an intangible, like guys like Kobe and LeBron and whoever you want to say, they have a feel for the game. Mm-hmm. That's hard to explain that like they can make that pass. They can know where their teammates are going to be. And it's the same thing with hockey or uh, like sure. uh, Mahomes, right? He can do these weird things and make a left-handed throw and know his, right. Like, <laughs> right. There's people that have a feel for the game they play or the activity they're in. That's yeah. hard to explain. And I think it's that intangible is a bigger deal in fishing than it is just the physicality or the knowledge okay. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you talked about the the mental element of it too. And then you just mentioned Kobe Bryant. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. It's one of my absolute favorite, like competitor stories ever. Um, Kobe Bryant was playing against, I believe the cat's name was Iman Shumpert. Uh, is that how you say it last night? You know who that is? Iman Shumpert. Isn't that right? Um, yeah, he played and, for the Cavs for quite a yeah, while. He played for the Cavaliers. Um, so Kobe yeah. goes up to him at the end of the third quarter. Iman is guarding him, goes up to him at the third quarter and goes, Hey man, good game. And Amon goes, what are you talking about? The game's not over. He goes, no, no, no. That was a good game. And then the fourth quarter, he put like 35 points on him. And the Lakers like blew him out of the, the building. Mm-hmm. And like it was just this mindset that Kobe had. Like, okay, now it's over. Now I'm going to absolutely crush you. And then he actually did. And I always think like I see those videos of like KVD in his prime. Um, some of those dudes like that between the ear work. Like, boy, you can't really. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some of that, it's hard to it's hard to quantify or label. Like you said, it's hard to be like, okay, this many inches of a vertical, but like that that fierce competitor mentality and the the kind of willing to risk it for the biscuit type deal. I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's like the same kind of swagger for people that wear visors. You know, See, it could be. It could, it. Well, that's I didn't level. say that part of it. He said that to him. He said, "Good game," and then yeah. he put a visor on that he made himself, yeah. and then uh, just went to. <laughs> <laughs> to freaking town yeah that was it. it's a little bit of like i don't really care what other people think yeah it works for me right yeah like, that's awesome yeah. i think that's great dude i'll, tr- I'll try one this year oh and then if I, i'm if sure I there's win, people that have like watched my videos and go i'm not listening to that guy look at that stupid thing he's look at that hat visor <laughs> oh my combo. gosh you're like okay bye yeah we'll see ya. <laughs> yeah we'll see ya. Um, I think we have like one more question. Nate, hit him with that last one, would you? And then we will we'll let you out of here, Rich. But from the bottom of all three of our hearts, before we get to it, man, thank you for doing this. We appreciate you. We know this you're so traveling. Fun. I know you probably want to get to bed, but um, thanks for jumping on our podcast, dude. For real, yeah. no problem. I'm just glad Lola made it this week. I would have been sad if she didn't make it. This yeah, week. dude, no doubt. Thank you. I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> She's brought the energy for sure. Made it through, boy. Made it through. Just yeah. pushing through. Lola, do you ever wish that Jordan looked at you the way he looks at Vision 110 jerkbaits? You know, every day. Okay. <laughs> every day I wish that. Dude, you know what's funny about that is in our little like Shields shopping cart, there's probably like 12, like our, our app, you know, you can do like specific lists for names and whatever. shopping lists for each of uh, our kids. There's probably sure. like 13 110s in there. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't want just one of those. Yep. Yeah, I need that, at least yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I love just, I love looking at tackle with you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you're I, pretty good about it. I do, it. but yeah. yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, so it gets, really gets a little weird sometimes. Sorry. The way y'all fascinate it on, like, he's like, yeah. Does it make Who you jealous? Do that? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, I get really yeah. jealous. You're like, look okay. at me the way you look at that perch one ten plus one. 
Yeah. That's something I've had to do though, right? Like since we moved here, Rich, because we've only been in Wisconsin for a couple of years. And so before that, Nate and I fished all of our derbies together uh, mm-hmm. in like the dirty Mississippi, like chocolate milk waters. And so everything, not everything, but a lot of stuff was like that real bright colored stuff loud stuff loud sound stuff and then you get up here to the gin clear waters and a lot of the stuff plays but like different color patterns you know like um like like normal like perch colored things or or things that just um who is it that makes that killer is it jackal that has just the filthiest perch pattern uh jerk page just so stinking realistic um yeah um and so it's like you know i've had to sort of like evolve some of my tactics for different water clarities and and whatever and yeah i'll just stare at stuff in the boat he does and then i'll come out into the garage and be like honey you've been out here for a while and and i'm like are you coming in dinner's ready or whatever and i'm usually like dude and he's like but look at this so if you look at the whatever and i'm like yeah i see that and he's just like yeah i was just out here staring at my tackle (laughs) it's very cute i don't know yeah but yes i get jealous yeah all right, Nate, go <laughs> transition out before it gets any worse. Yeah, so yeah, so I think you hold kind of a kind of a unique perspective on this with uh, kind of how how you're tied into the industry and you know with the YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Um, do you think uh, there will be any rule changes to forward facing sonar at all in the upcoming year or two of, of professional bass fishing? I don't know if there's going to be, but I can tell you that I want to see it. Okay. I mean, I don't think front-facing sonar is going away. I, I don't think mm-hmm. we're putting that uh, genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But to me, I do think we need some standardization, some caps, some limits. Okay. On like screen sizes or total inches or something. All other sport. We've talked a lot about sports tonight, right? Like all the other yeah. like legitimate sports – there's a, a size limit to a baseball bat. There's certain materials you can use. True. Goalie leg pads can only be so wide. Right. Whatever, right? Like stick lengths. Everything is like specked out to have like, you know, mm-hmm. golf. Whatever your sport is, there are yeah, totally. mins, there maxes, are regulations, yeah. uh, regulations quali- like approved qualified materials, right? Right. Like yeah, yeah, true. Balls, like you have to get like inspected and like certified, right? So like to me, we that, that, that would advance the maturity of the sport to say that we've got like, Hey, you can only have 62.3 inches of graphs screens on your boat, or, you know, you can only have five trans or whatever the number is. I think we yeah. have to start putting that in place to create. And then I'd like to see that a level where like, I think like 60 inches to me is plenty, even maybe not even that 50 inches. Yeah. Like four 12 inch graphs is a lot. It is. I run three tens and a 12 and I feel like I can do everything I really need to. I can make my screens a little bigger, but like at that threshold of it, about 50 inches, people would have to make decisions and get creative about what they're doing. And you'd see different setups. Whereas I feel like what we're doing now, we're like the sky's the limit. Everybody just has like five or six, 16 inch units. on There's no, like, I like to see them like where they're, they're kind of constrained a little bit. So they have to make decisions on like, do I really want three up front? Do I want two? Would I rather have two big screens or five, you know, or, you know, yeah. four like okay size screens or like three big ones and a little one or like you have to, you'd see some customization and see people's sure. red. Like, and I think also like we've talked about boats. 
bass boats have gotten really expensive. And this is coming from somebody that really owns a very expensive. expensive bass boat. Right. And at some point, I think we have to self-police a little bit yeah. and like put a cap on what is considered a like tournament ready boat. Yeah. And like what's a competitive standard? Because like yeah. right. it's not gonna get cheaper on its own. And it kept back to like your original when you in the opening, like flattening the curve a little bit here. Like, yeah, like I think at some point we have to like self-regulate and get like, okay, what because the barrier to entry in the sport is only getting higher and higher. It is. is. I mean, like you can enjoy fishing at any level you want, but if somebody really wants to get into tournament fishing, like the barrier to entry is very expensive. It really is. Um, and I think to see some kind of screen limit would help start to like just rein that in and just mm-hmm. avoid this like escalation of pricing to some degree. So that that's my reasons. And that's what I'd like to see. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen or how long, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah. Do you, uh, Rich, do you care about watching tournaments where the anglers are doing this? I mean, it's the not entire the most time. engaging content to yeah. watch. Uh, as somebody that's like super hardcore, I will watch some of it and try to pick up on nuances, mm. but also know that I am like in like the one percenter of somebody that's like that geeked out of like your, I understand that like, 95% of people are not looking for that level of like nuance yeah. and to them that's not interactive. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree that can be, there's a couple things. One, the tours need to have a little bit better. They need to like push themselves to have better coverage options whether mm-hmm. it's like showing the screen screen yeah, different yeah. camera angles maybe going back to having chase boats that follow them and we get like an outside view or mm-hmm. or more like back in the day if you like i do some watch parties on my channel they do like more of those illustrations of like what's happening underwater yeah, i think they need yeah, to like yeah. challenge themselves a little bit on like how they um do the coverage to give more angles and make it more interesting, regardless whether it's a frog tournament or a front facing, like I think sure. that needs to continue to evolve. Yeah. But I also think the, the, the circuits could do themselves a lot of favor by just scheduling more interesting tournaments or a variety, right? Like sure. Yeah. yeah. If we were fishing, uh, you know, the Arkansas river, Potomac river, the upper Mississippi, we wouldn't be seeing, would we see some fish caught on front facing sonar? Sure. But it wouldn't dominate. It wouldn't be right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So they could, they could, they could limit the use of front facing sonar. If that's a concern through scheduling. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. So, but also I know that's not an easy fix because these contracts for these tournaments for at the top level are like, you know, two, three years out at a time. Right. So, you know, like they were putting these schedules together multiple years ago before this whole, like, front-facing sonar backlash that's been really exciting yeah. in the last yeah. six months to talk about. So it's going to take them time to do that. They can't just like, oh, people aren't switch, happy. We're right, going to yeah. switch our schedule all of a sudden right. and fish like nine river tournaments. But I think knowing what they know now, hopefully these uh, venues are saying, hey, we need to, to mix in a Red River. We need to mix in a, a Fort Gibson. We need to mix in a, you know, you know, find more grass fisheries that don't have smallmouth in them, I think would be interesting. Yeah, like a Lake Minnetonka. I mean, Lake Minnetonka would be a good venue. Obviously, that there's other restraints on, like, but that style of fishery sure. could be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was. But really at good this answer. point, I think FFS has turned into FFF, which is 
front-facing yeah. fatigue. I'm kind of tired of talking about it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I, I thought that was a good yeah. question. Just to kind of, what are your thoughts on where it's going to go? Not so much of like, right? Anti, are you for it? yeah, or, all that yeah. stuff. Whatever. I think I think our collective perspective on it is just like, just like anything else, it's a tool. And if you really want to be good at fishing, you got to be versatile with tools. Mm-hmm. Be that a heavy jig to a Ned rig to front-facing sonar to know how to scan a lake to, you know, waypoints, whatever. It's just another tool. I don't think it deserves all the hatred and the blit and whatever. I do like your idea of mm-hmm. some regulation without just coming down like chop. It's out of here because that's just not. You're right. It's just not practical. It's not feasible. Um, to your, your phrase, you're not putting the genie back in the bottle. I think that's a, a great point. And I do fear though, like what you said, I do fear the idea of like bass fishing becoming like a rich dude sport. Cause I, I don't think that's where anybody really wants it to go. Um, you know, overall, but, uh, yeah, for sure. So Nate, Lola, anything else before we, uh, we let Mr. Hellabass get up out of her and get some sleep. No, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. That was, uh, yeah, some good insight on on everything, man. We we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time, Rich. Thank you for uh, yeah. being honest about the visors and fishing and videos <laughs> and things. everything. Yeah, dude, for real. Yeah, appreciate you guys inviting me and reaching out. It was uh, it was a fun time. I always enjoy uh, chatting, fishing, and just hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for being thank on. We, we we really appreciate you. We look up to you, and we will continue to tune in. So. All right. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll see you later. Peace. All right. That was the dude, man. He was, um, you know, what's interesting about that interview. If, if we're being honest is he was, I never, never, ever thought of him as, um, not smart, but his insights were so insightful. Like the way that he spoke, the way that he responded to questions, the words that he chose to use. And like um, I followed really well and I'm not a fishing pro, you know, and I just I understood. Yeah, he was saying I know that sounds probably. No, no, no. no. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because it was it was very insightful and very intelligent, but it wasn't like over your head. Yeah. Like That's too good. fishy, like yeah, it was just really. And I thought, I thought his answer to your question, Nate, about um, the forward-facing sonar, it wasn't this bash fest against forward-facing sonar. It wasn't the opposite, like some dudes are saying, like, well, if you're not going to forward-facing sonar, it's the future. Why don't you get out, old man? It was a really balanced, right. intelligently articulated point. I thought yeah. that was dope, dude. Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. good. Um, yeah. What'd you get out of it, Nate? What, what was what was your favorite moment? Don't say visors. I was going to say visors. Don't yeah, come on. That's gotta be the best. That's gotta be the best point. Or dude, that, I will absolutely or, try one next year. Like like his style, like cut the top off of a hat. And then if I yeah. win a tournament, I'll just keep going with it. Oh my gosh. Right. But if I finish dead last, then that's on him. I think it was that or the Taco Bell app, you know. He he, yeah. he, put, us, he put us on game on that Taco Bell app. Yeah, I'm, he, have, uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to mess with that. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. No, no, seriously though, uh, like you said, with his insights on on basically all the topics we covered, and I kind of I kind of saw it maybe going that way. I watched you know the last few videos I've watched of him have been been super insightful. The way he mm-hmm. put you know pivot tables together and stuff for that that uh you know the the AOY tournament uh, yeah you know BPT stuff that he was talking about like like that was that was a really well done video and and yeah, like definitely. you said super super articulate and and uh you know just and just yeah awesome awesome dude great interview and yeah that was that was fun 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What a cool cat, man. So uh, really quickly, uh, let me breeze through our sponsors. And it's not that they're not worth the time. They are super worth the time to us. Yeah. Um, and I'm super stoked. I just want to say this again. We don't go looking for sponsors. We don't go like knocking down doors. We don't go putting our hands out to companies like, give me. You know, what's that? What's that? Was that Parks and Rec? Yeah. Um, like, Money, please. Like we don't do that. Uh, we <laughs> work with companies that we want to work with, that we believe in, that we love. Um, Giltech, we love Hook and Arrow Supply. We love Grizzly Coolers because they make really legit stuff. Yeah. We work with Working Class Bowhunter um, as a part of their podcast network because they are real dudes who we've known for years. Um, there's not a whole lot of more people in this world that uh, if you were going into battle, we could call Kurt, we could call Eric, yeah. and they would be there in a heartbeat. And so um, we are just honored and happy to be working with Grizzly Coolers and specifically the Kenai lineup because it's made for anglers and we're anglers. We are so happy to be working with Hook and Arrow Supply um, and be able to talk to people like Brian Schwaller. And when he has an idea and he's like, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And we can just talk back and forth like normal humans. We're not just numbers on some little spreadsheet for all his 500 sponsored anglers. I think we're the only ones. Um, we love Giltech jigs. We love their tube jigs. The Marabou tube jig is the dopest, smartest little deal out there. Um, and so to be able to work with companies that we care about is pretty dope. And so if you're listening to this, if you're watching this on the Yurturb, why, why do I always say it why like that? Why do you always say it like that? I think it sounds funny. <laughs> Yurturb. The Yurturb. Uh, just like uh, that uh, Key and Peel East West game where he says, University of South Florida. So I always say Florida. Yep. I'm not sure why. There are certain words that you say the same. I say fellers instead of fellas. Yep. That's on purpose. I don't know why. It's cute. I don't have like a speech impediment. I don't cute. think. But anyway, if you're watching this on YouTube, See, no, on YouTube, or if you're listening to podcasts, whatever, man, like do us a favor. Go, go support some of these companies because they're legit companies. We're not out here endorsing xyz company because they paid us um i watched a video recently of one of my favorite professional snowboarders ever he's from the minneapolis area uh, his name's dan breezy and uh shout out dan breezy and he was shout talking out. about one of the bigger mistakes he made in his career is when he left von zipper goggles to go to this upstart company called die goggles which was actually a a paintball company and whatever, but they were paying him way more. And then he went to that company because they paid him way more. And then he got on and the goggles were garbage and they went out of business in like a year and Von Zipper was still going strong. And so he like, he just said so openly, he's like, I would never do that again. I would never make a, a sponsorship deal for money. And I was like, dude, that's it. And yeah. neither will we, I don't care if it's a company that's like, Hey, we want to buy you and Nate and Lola a house and whatever. Um, uh, if it's something we don't believe kidding. in, I'm not doing it, man. I'm just not doing it. My, my soul is worth more than that. So go support those people. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you do all that YouTube stuff, like and subscribe and, and comment. And, um, and if you would, um, check out our merch store, uh, tacklingtacos.com backslash shop. Of course, we take debit, credit, PayPal, all that stuff. It works dope on mobile, works dope on a computer. Um, I can't promise you. It's December 19th right now, so I can't promise you if you order now, you'll get it before Christmas, but maybe. Eric is on his game. Like He ships out stuff like as soon as it comes in, so um, I think that's it. Yeah, and remember that positivity is worth the effort. Bye. Peace. See you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. Wave awkwardly. Okay. Bye. 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 Oh, Nate's both hand waving. I oh. like that. Yeah, that was good. Clowning. <laughs> Clown it.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.